Blog Talk Radio. Come on, man, it's moving so fast. 
was just back in January. <laughs> so this is kind of crazy to me how fast the time is moving. I am just like kind of tripped out, you know, by it all. Like in my head right now, I don't know because you know I, I yeah I turned a big five zero this week this year. So was it this year? No, last year. <laughs> Early, late last year. Okay, and. I'm like, hold up, time is moving, wait a minute. It feels like time to start speeding up. It's just like <laughs> And you know how you in your life, you like, oh, man, I got to make some decisions. It seems like, okay, let me tell y'all. I don't know, y'all ain't hit. So I got some youngins that listen to me. Shout out to the young G, the Generation Zs and, and the millennials and stuff that listen. But y'all, when y'all hit, and, and for the older crew, the exes that listen to me, Okay, when you hit this 50, right, a child, I don't look it, but <laughs> thank God. No, that's a good thing. But, I mean, it's like like all your life decisions, like, like you start playing before you going, oh, my God, should I, oh, what, what did I do? Oh, and so you, like, it feels, it started feeling like this for me at 40, maybe 40-something, where I feel like I'm, I've got a course correct, and I don't know how to. I'm trying to freaking figure out how to course correct all my ish. <laughs> you know, and so it's a it's a wild time because I'm like, oh, the time is speeding. I'm I'm halfway through. <laughs> this is whoa. I'm a, I'm a, I don't know how quick. You know what I'm saying? It's so it's so it's just so it it feels weird. You know, I feel so when I feel time speeding up, I'm happy to be in time. But I'm like, it feels fast. <laughs> and I, I, I still don't know how to act 50. I'm like, you know, in my head, I'm still 25. <laughs> now, you know, and not in an immature way, but in a, I'm 25 in my fun, youthful, I'm still in my fun, youthful head. Still very aware that I'm 50 now. Don't get it twisted. Still very aware that I'm 50. But in my head, I'm like, you know, in my head, I'm 25. And I remember having a discussion with my granny. And my granny was like, I don't feel, I really don't feel no different. <laughs> like she did, she feels different, but she said, you know, you still have the younger feelings inside. You know what I'm saying? You still feel, you, you have age, you have had more experience and more life and stuff, and your body is feeling, you know, the effects. But you, like, inside, like, you still kind of in touch with the youth, youthful. Like, it's weird. I, it's just a weird energy. And, you know, I've been hearing all this talk. You know, it felt like the last several years there has been this, like, thing to this people who are older, you know, getting older, older women. And it's, and today, in this day and time, older women are looking and feeling more beautiful than ever before. It's like everybody had that, you know, the Twilight Zone, what I talked to y'all about. Last week, but y'all know I love to talk about the Twilight Zone because I feel like we really live in the Twilight Zone. I feel like the Twilight Zone, the old Twilight Zones, was predicting where we would be at, like today. And so I feel like we're actually living in the Twilight Zone. So, like y'all remember I talked to y'all last couple of weeks ago about the Twilight Zone, the girl, the lady, the one of the Twilight Zones where the lady would never age, and she had, uh, you know, this Egyptian beetle. 
<laughs> and if she put it on somebody and stuck with you tell them, I feel like we getting like we 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 all got Egyptian beetles. Now we ain't killing nobody, but it feels like the like a lot of the extras. We got some beetles running because we all look we looking good. Like we really looking nice. <laughs> I mean, not that we don't have some age stuff, you know. Like, I notice when I wake up in the morning, I'm more, like, you know, when, back in the day when I wake up in the morning, you know, I'd be like, you know, just pop up, you know, you wash your face and go, I can't do that. You know, I got to be having, like, a moisturizer, <laughs> bags, dark eyes. I mean, you know what I'm saying? I mean, yo, but... But we look we look much better, and so I I heard a girl the other day say, she said something, and today they said something I, I I can't remember, but she was saying, why don't these grandmas just look like grandmas? I was like, girl, ain't nobody what? Why we gotta look like grandmas? My granny didn't even look like a grandma when she was uh, uh this age, okay? So I was like, what? You know, and then this uh, Monique came on. Let me then play Monique, okay? Talking about. I don't even know if I can find Monique. This Monique, uh, where is she at? If I got it, let me pull it up. Uh, Instagram. But yeah, and then so and then today somebody was criticizing Gabrielle Union, who looks damn good. Okay, I might not agree with Gabrielle Union how she some of the stuff she's saying stuff, but Gabri Gabrielle Union looks good. Okay. And there's a lot of haters out here because Gabrielle Union is still, you know, even though she's married, she could be in that market. <laughs> she's looking good. Like her face, she's looking good, right? Body on point, everything. And one of these girls was telling her she didn't have no business wearing a swimsuit. I'm like, what's she supposed to wear swimming? What's she supposed to wear on the beach? <laughs> like, I think what they say so like, uh, women who are older, uh, grannies or some shit, wear, I'm like, what the hell is... Then I realized what all this is about. It is, you know, I think there has never been such a time, and even with the manosphere, the manosphere, not everyone in the manosphere. I like a lot of some of the guys in the manosphere. Some people I don't. Some guys have balance. Some do not. But I think with a lot of even the manosphere, you have women that are just becoming, like, so uh, – so much more youthful in their older years. They're just not selling for, you know, going home and sitting in a rocking chair and stuff like that. They're traveling. They're trying to be more, especially with especially ones that are not married, you know, because everybody, you know, everybody, it, life has become more than a man. Not that it's not, listen, I'm not saying, because I don't want, I know men on spirit start running around here talking about, oh, you saying you don't need no men. That's not what people, we definitely, I love men. I need the men in my life. I love men. Men are wonderful, okay? I like men, okay? I like my, uh, 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 so, but that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that women, it's not like my grandma's day or my great-grandma's day when there was pressure to marry. You know what I'm saying? There's that that was it in life. Women can have a full life now. You know, men can too, without the pressures of. And women are looking more youthful as they get younger. And so I feel like sometimes the youth might be a little threatened because it's like, oh, they staying in the game a little longer. <laughs> you know, but baby boomers do been staying in the game a little longer. That's why I said it is such a dangerous thing. Okay, 
let me say this, and even when I was young, it's such a, but I grew up in, let me just say this, I grew up in a home and a family where I knew my great-great-grandparents, okay, and I knew my great-grandparents. And I knew, I, you know, and I was raised by my grandparents. So generational, you know, cross-generational was not, that it was, that to not, to have cross-generational effect, especially for Xers, period, was not a thing. You know, it was not, that was good. We have a lot of that. Okay, so there was, there's a, there was a respect there, even though we would say some dumb stuff as kids too, but there's a more, we had a respect for the aging process because we would, you know, you, you get to, you were close, you seen your grandparents, or in my case, great, great grandparents, right? So, there was this sense of respect for aging, the, and, and, and a sense of um, um, not a sense of looking at it has. Uh, and I do realize this. Let me say this sidebar. I do realize there's a lot of immature people. I'm not talking about uh, being dumb out here and being like a granny doing, you know, childish things. That's all I'm talking about. I'm saying that the women are. Are very they could be mature, but they're very youthful looking. They have very youthful appeal, a lot of youthful heart. You know what I'm saying? They're not going home and rocking chairs and stuff no more. They out here, women out here starting being doing all kind of stuff. Okay, so going back to the cross generational of family, you have a different respect. I have a respect. I understand the process of life, process of aging, and one of the things, one of the the shows that I mean, not only will the process of aging, not only knowing my great, my older relatives, but also when I was at Oral Roberts University years ago, I went to Oral Roberts University, and when I had this class with this professor, I'll always remember her, Professor Stanton. And I remember when I first when I thought she was kind of mean, it was an older white lady, I was like, oh, Lord, we're going to have this class with her. And that class was the process of aging because when I was at, um, when I was at ORU, I started off when I was, I started off in theater and I double majored in theater and Christian education because I thought I was going to be a Joyce Meyer, right? <laughs> I was thinking about an acting, too. <laughs> okay, so so uh, one of the, we had to take this class about the journey, you know, the process of aging and stuff like that, and we had to visit like, nursing homes and stuff like that. And one of the things I loved is Stanton lived on with this thing, what they had on um, at ORU, that one of the things Oral Roberts brought years ago, and at the time, I don't know if the university, I think the university still owned it. I wasn't sure. I can't remember. But it was a place called University, Universal, university Village, and there was a lot of older people that stayed there. They had homes on the site. And it's a lot of things with this concept now. They had homes, and then they had apartments for, you know, maybe older people who couldn't get around as much and stuff. And then they had the nursing home on site. And uh, those were for, more for uh people who were needing around-the-clock care, okay? But on this site, they always had doctors and nurses day and night that worked the nursing home and stuff like that. And it, it was – and to go – we would go in and visit and talk to people, got to know some of the residents and stuff like that. And you always – you had – there were so many people who were in, like, some of the apartments and have, have such – a youthful vibe, and Dr. Stanton was one of those people. I remember going to her apartment. Her, she had a house, her and her husband, 
and they had a car outside and everything, you know. And oh my God, she would have pizza parties. She had a pizza party for us. I mean, we we used to have so it was so fun. But it was she had such a like even though she was kind of like drum, she still had a little bit of this youthful appeal. And she was so she was so nice in teaching us about uh, how the life cycle works. You know what I'm saying? And plus, she was an older person at that uh, that time. So there, and it was and it was important. One of the things I felt I learned in that class is that you are not the future. Everyone is, and I say that all the time. I say it is a disservice to you. I always say this to to um, to, uh, to 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 anybody who says. Young people are the future. I said, no, young people will lead, will lead the future. And when by the time you lead it, you're usually middle age, close to retirement, right? Because X is just now trying to come up to the sea where boomers are just now leaving. Boomers are just leaving. Some boomers are still in charge. Even in Congress, it's mostly boomers and the greatest generation before, like um uh, uh, the president now wouldn't be, I don't think he would be a part of the boomer era. He would be considered a part of my grandparents' generation, okay, the greatest generation, right? So these people, it, you know, and I, I feel like the youth have no concept of sometimes in this generation aging because there's such a focus, and I think that's done on purpose, on youth. And you think it's all about you. You know what I'm saying? You think that shit, you think it's all about, it's all about me, especially when you're young and you pop and you think you out. You ain't realizing that the, like the every day that you live, you getting old. <laughs> all right? Every day, every day is coming your day. You're going to be Joe Biden one day. Even though we joke about Joe Biden and I don't think Joe Biden should be president, I don't, it's not that I don't think Joe Biden should be president because of age. Because I think that's ageism. Uh, it's, I don't like his politics, but... It's not just age. It's when you, when you, you, age, of course, we all, when you get to, the presidency is a lot. And Joe looks like he's somewhere else. You know what I'm saying? It looks like that, that's made, it may be hard for him to handle in this. It's just the look, how he looks. It's different being president. Whereas Trump doesn't look, Trump is old, but Trump does not look like he's, like Trump looks, he's alert and alive and stuff like that. So it's not it's not that I want or uh, Trump or him, but it's what I'm saying to you is that it's not about somebody being old like people say. There's a lot of old people in Congress, but a lot of you sometimes um, they that's who mostly ends up running the the world because by the time you get to a certain age, you have a sense of service, you have a sense of progression. Where y'all don't y'all don't want to go serve some of y'all, you know what I'm saying? And just because you're young doesn't mean that you're progressive. Okay, there's a lot of old people pouring in their ideas and thoughts to you that are not progressive. So I never think of age as a determinant. Only age, only time age is a determining factor for me is when age is causing you a problem. When you like you've lost cognitive skills or something like that, you know what I'm saying? But other than that, there's a lot of wisdom with age. Okay, and there's a lot of great things to be learned from you too. Okay, uh, risk and all that stuff. But what I say, why I say, why I'm talking about that tonight is that it is important to understand that you are not just the future if you're young, and to not and and to 
admire women like Gabrielle Union or the girl that's looking younger. Now, I'm not talking about the person that's looking immature, but admire who you could be one day. Like, ooh, as I age, I don't got to be no boring in the house uh, uh, sitting in my rocking chair, granny, unless I want to. I ain't got to gray my hair. Like, I heard Monique. I, I didn't put it up there. Monique was Monique was like, darlings, don't, babies, don't feel. If you got gray hair coming in, I just let mine come in. I said, Monique, that's your business. But some of us don't want, you know, we don't want to do that. <laughs> that don't make us less mature or anything or less accepted at age. It means we just don't want to do <laughs> And we, for those of us who do, shout out to y'all. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But... You know, there's some women, you know, that that at this certain ages don't want to that yet. But is she's trying to be like she's she's embracing age. We are too. We just, but we also people. Sometimes people want to keep their try to keep their youthful look as long as possible. And so, it's what I'm saying in all of this is instead of criticizing somebody like Gabrielle Union. Are, are, are saying you know she shouldn't be in a swimsuit and crazy stuff. Be like, that's where, oh, let them be like, this is where I can be. You know, like when I look at Sharday, or when I look at Miss Tina, because I'm talking about Miss Tina today, right? People like that, I be like, dang, whoo, Lord, I can be, well, I, I can be fire. Even my own granny was fire in her, you know, 50, 60, okay? So I can be like, I can be fire out in these streets, okay? She's still fire right now. She just gonna slow down. But you can, you can, you can, it showed me that I don't gotta be like, I ain't gotta be in no rocking chair somewhere. Right, so understand that you too will age. You too will get old, and you don't want to go swimming, and you don't want to put on the swimsuit. And no, you can. They got so much stuff out here now. You can look good when you're doing it. Okay. <laughs> All right. So that's why I say it's not just about you. You young people, you gonna be leading the future. But by the time you leading and look around. You gonna be like, damn! I'm like, I'm now they calling me old. Yes, that's how it goes, <laughs> right? So be careful what you say here. You know what I'm saying? Be careful how you understand what the future is, because I think that's what they've done to a lot of young people. They've helped. They've made them think the arrogance of youth is, which is is that I'm never gonna get you know old in age, or you don't see it. Or you don't, un- or you think it's all about you, and it ain't. And that's the mistake that we have made has has grown folks from other generations telling you that lie that you are the future. No, the future is everybody. If you are a leader in the future, you'll have to think about the older people behind you and the younger people up ahead of you who they'll be saying they're the future. You'll have to think of all of the future will always be shared. It will never just be one group in the future. It will always be all ages and 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 everything. Okay, so uh, that's just what because it's it's a very, it's a great disservice, and I think that's why we have so many young people who are like you know you might they threatened by sometimes young older women or older men looking younger. They like oh, oh, even that's why some people don't like the auntie thing because they feel like. Oh, you trying to? That's a way you trying to to, to to to. Sometimes people think that's to try to degrade. I see it as a loving thing, but I understand that other thing too because I, sometimes I think people do use it to degrade or to let you people know. Oh, like she's older. Yeah, auntie. You know, sometimes it's not used in a in a good way. Sometimes I think some people mean it caddish wise, but age is not an insult. 
<laughs> and it shouldn't be to you. You shouldn't use it. You're stupid if you do use it as an insult. You want to age. You want to fulfill your destiny. But if you were intergenerational connected, you would understand that as a youth culture. You will understand the importance of that you are not, that the great leaders understand they're not the future, that the future is shared, okay? So that's that. And I know that's different from what the world tells you today, but, hey, I'm not of the world. <laughs> All right? I live in it. <laughs> All, right. All right, you guys. So. All right, let's get down to more stuff. I just had to say that because I saw that, and I was like, really? Seriously? <laughs> All right, they canceled Idol. Oh, man. So the last episode, very surprising. Uh, the last episode, what did she she turned around, which is what I said from the get-go. Because I was watching, I was like, this is easy. Because, you know, he remember he was showing her all his artists and stuff like that. And he was trying to, you know, the Weekends character uh, was showing uh, the Jocelyn character all his artists. He had some dope artists, I mean, that could sing, that were weird and strange and everything. And she ended up taking all his artists and stuff like that. <laughs> and ended up kicking them out of her house and all that. <laughs> then she went back in the end and got them. It was crazy, okay? The ending was crazy, but good in a weird way. I hate they ended the show because I felt like they had they could have went somewhere with it, but I understood that it well, that show might be scary for some young people wanting to <laughs> It's so dark, and it was so uh, strange, but I really feel like it was a view of what, what one of the possibilities of that industry holds for people, you know what I'm saying, how you can get the wrong people coming into your arena or the wrong, um, That's I, you know, I always feel like that is why um, a lot of entertainers are so, uh, uh, <laughs> how can you say it, uh, so protective of themselves. I get it, but at the same time, it's always a bad thing for them because it never stops out. It never stumps out the bad people. The bad people manage to get in anyway. Why I think that is, let me tell you why I think that is. First of all, that's the end. It's not understanding the Neptunian vibe of the industry. I always say that the industry is very Neptunian. Uh, it is. Uh, uh, I remember learning that from uh, an astrologer. I said, "God, that's so good. You're right. It's very. It's full of illusions and disillusionment. Great things, but it can be a lot of illusions. A lot of showing you, a, giving you a show, giving you a, a. Oh, you. You know, when you see your favorite artist buy it, buy a brand new car, and you're like, "Oh my God, I want to be like them. Oh my God, I want to be. You know what I'm saying? You know. You know what I'm saying? But it's, it's, it's the. The business is to sell you on illusion, right? Some of them be struggling, they be drugged out, all kind of stuff, you know what I'm saying? So when you have that illusion gone, gone, illusion tends to bring about magicians, good and bad, <laughs> all right, who can make illusions and stuff like that. So when the celebrity who's at the center of this illusion sometimes forgets, doesn't learn their, sometimes stops hearing their own intuition. Stop, because they're, one of the ways they stop hearing their own intuition, we're having a bunch of yes people around them. You know what I'm saying? 
Like, people won't tell them like it is. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah, oh, that show was great, girl. You did good. No, 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 no. You did good, and you be they be like going back, like you know she was out there stumbling, drunk, and so you like, child, y'all better call. She she messed up in these streets. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so that's the first, I think, phase of illusion is the yes people, right? The yes people who they Indian date you with, right? And then pretty soon they moving out. Sometimes real people and real friends and real, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and so then pretty soon you start to live in the bubble. There's the next illusion, right? You know, where you don't know what the shit's going on out in these streets, right? And you making decisions. That's why sometimes I feel sorry, so sorry for entertainers sometimes, even on this show when I get on entertainers. But I do understand that there sometimes there's a bubble there. They they really don't know. Like they like like we like they ain't on what we own. Like and we ain't on what they own. You know what I'm saying? Like living. Wealth conscious, wealth, the wealthy, the wealth world is, it's not even wealth, because some of them ain't got no wealth. You know, I'm not saying that. Let me just say this. What looks like wealth, what's perceived as wealth, or what's perceived as that, that world is sometimes, um, they own something different too. But they don't understand sometimes their customer base is is people, uh, all these people out here. And, and so if you've got, like, you know, you got these strong, you know, a lot of them are magicians. So if they get because the celebrity itself is a magician, in my opinion, right? So when you, when you got when you're putting on a show, sometimes you you're failing to know your audience because your audience you, you're failing to connect with them because now you they've removed you so far from it's some, it's something to be said about a, a, a entertainer or a celebrity that stays connected in ways. You know what I'm saying? Now it's hard for rappers and stuff. It's hard usually when you get really super rich. To stay connected with the hoods and stuff is hard because you know you got people people be scared like oh lord they gonna try to rob me, but not understanding you got hood hood shit in the industry right. <laughs> you got robbers and thieves and stuff in the industry right. Crazy man, mad crazy. Okay, so so you being um you think you safe right? You think you playing the situation with all the robbers and stuff down there instead. And I understand that too because they're Arthur. Like what's the what's the, when you go you don't want to be stupid and go to some place like. I, some of them rappers do go to these crazy places where you know they're going to ride and got on gold chains and all that. You know you got to – here's the thing. You will never have the same relationship with the, with people on the outside because of fame and money and stuff like that. You will never, no matter what you think, if you perceive yourself to be – you might be regular to yourself, but your fame – and your your whatever the delusionary world you walked in has now made you something different to the general public, right? And so, to me, you have to take a different stance to keep in touch. You know what I'm saying? You might have to, maybe you have to walk around your area. You know what I'm saying? Disguise, or maybe you have to do this, or you you if you want to go to an unsafe area, you might have to take some bodyguards. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? But it's it's something to be said to, for people who stay in touch with them with with their their mindset. And so I feel like that the idol is a picture of telling. I felt what I what I loved about the idol is that it showed that she really was never really safe. Her mother was abusive, and that's how she got her to 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 want to create because the pain is what made her be inspired and pretty soon she turned what she turned her 
the boy, the man, into an abuser. It's an interesting part, an idol. If you guys haven't seen the five episodes, I say go watch it. It's an interesting part. But there's a part where there's a part, like a couple things down where we find out that Jocelyn's mother is an abuser, okay? And uh, she used to hit her with this brush in order to get her to feel inspired. It's like she was hitting her, like, you know, like, you, you know, and the pain from the abuse will make her be inspired, right? And so when she goes to get back the weekend, okay, I'm telling you, I'm giving y'all spoilers out here, don't be mad, don't be mad, okay? But when she goes back to get the weekend, when she has them come back to her and everything, he comes in and he's, you know, he's humble now because she done stole this shit and everything. <laughs> but he, she has a brush on the table, and he's like, you bought a new brush. And she's like, yeah, because he now realized he's that he's taking the place of the mother. Oh, my God, it was some sick shit. <laughs> I wish I could explore that more. I would love to see them explore that more. I hate it. And it went out. Okay. But, right, it, but she needed the abuse and everything. To get it. so it's cra- it was crazy. And, you know, I hear a lot of artists talk like that. They be like, I can't, you know, when it's happy, that's hard for me to make a song. I'm <laughs> like, happy is the time for you to make a song. Even though I know, you know, people make stuff from pain and stuff, but that's because sometimes the abuse in people's lives has inspired them, right? And so once they tap into it and once they've gone past the abuse, sometimes they don't know how to be creative outside of the abuse, right? So it's just an interesting look, I think, that I feel like Idol gave gave a really interesting look at the life of the entertainer and how the entertainers, even inside of what they perceive has a protective bubble, a safe bubble. People around, everybody around us means me well. No, they don't. <laughs> and they're still, and they're afraid. And the funny thing is, sometimes now with Joshua, and she was, you know, she went out to an outsider, but he had set her up. What she did, she found out he set her ass up. You know what I'm saying? He 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 had a he knew somebody that knew her and had her come to the club. And all that stuff, he set her, he set her ass up, <laughs> right? You know, so so she can meet, so he can meet her, right? But what she didn't know, it, what I what I find interesting is because there was a part where these uh, these execs and stuff were talking about how they got rid of the guy. They're like, well, we got rid of him. Yeah, we showed him and everything. And then she brings him back right at the end, and they're all with their dropping their mouths and everything. But the interesting thing is that what it shows is she, I don't think she was ever safe. And the most important thing is is that as a human being, and I know it's easier said than done for people who are not in that and stuff like that, but as a human being, I think the most important thing that the idol shows is that you need to be in touch with who you, your own intuition, your own humanity, everything that is going on around you. And nobody should have so much power that they start to make decisions for you. <laughs> like, and we all work somebody for somebody, right? Right? Everybody works for somebody, right? If they get into anything, you're going to work for somebody. We get that, okay? But... The important thing where I think I felt like the idol showed is that entertainers sometimes may have a sense of losing themselves, their 
most their biggest interest because they have so much fear. There's fear like, oh, the outside is going to trick me. Somebody will, if I get the wrong outsider, and that can be true. Like, look at the character. Look at one of my favorite uh, movies was uh, the story of Selena. You know, you think about Selena and how she took this woman in who was an outside. She she really, you know, she really liked her. But in the end, she ended up taking Selena's life. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, it was crazy, right? It was crazy. But I think that, how can I say this? And I think of it later on in life, she understood that, too. I mean, before her death, she started understanding that she wasn't right. But I think the most powerful thing you can use is in, is your intuition. Sometimes I don't even use it. I have great intuition. Sometimes I be like, I be failing myself because sometimes I don't listen to myself and I be so pissed because I be knowing stuff in here. I be like, I know, I know I shouldn't have did that. I knew it. <laughs> right? But it's trusting. If you're going to get into something like that, the idol showed me that you better have your intuition. You better start learning how to listen to yourself, trusting yourself, having a sense of great sense of discernment and getting to know people because you're just as much in danger from the insiders as you are from the outsiders. Because money and fame, they just draw crazy shit. <laughs> right? That's what, so that's what I like. That's what, so, but I hate the idol because I would have loved for them to explore that energy more. But I felt that the idol was a threat to the entertainment world because the idol was a very good look, I felt like, at the entertainment industry <laughs> in a dark, weird way. But I think it's a dark energy. I think I consider the the entertainment in, energy that Neptunian, very Neptunian, very illusionary, uh, very um, strange. Even you know when I do doing the Michael Jackson shows, okay? Where are we at on time, y'all? All right. So when I was doing the Michael Jackson shows, one of the things that I realized about the Michael, I didn't that I was shocked about was Michael Jackson's friendships with his fans. I could not. I was like, what? And it was some of the strangest people. <laughs> they were like, like he, he was friends with some of them. No, no, no. Like, he was, the, some of them would go from place to place, different places. No, it's true. If you listen to, and this was the biggest Star in the world, like you ain't never seen nobody like Michael Jackson. No, Beyonce and them—that's bullshit right over there. Michael Jackson was in the '80s, the biggest star on the planet with no internet. Y'all don't understand. People fainting in the audience today. If you see somebody fainting at a Beyonce concert, because maybe they got too hot or something, you know what I'm saying? They ain't fainting fainting because the Beyonce just walked out of stage. And if they are, that's somebody. Uh, just probably one in a thousand. You know what I'm saying? That don't happen too much. I'm talking about Michael Jackson. Used to they used to have ambulances outside. People bringing people out in hysteria because they seen this man walk on stage. It was a crazy time. The 80s was a good time, but it was a crazy time. <laughs> right? Mad hysteria. 
never seen nothing like Michael Jackson, okay? I don't know if you'll see anything anytime. You ain't going to see Michael Jackson. That's why I hate when people compare Chris Brown to Michael Jackson. I like Chris Brown, but Chris Brown ain't no Michael Jackson, okay? I mean, I like his little dancing and stuff. I think he play, he, he keep doing this repetitive sound he got over and over. He's been doing that same sound since he's like 10 or something. But, no, when, how old was when he got in, 15 or 16? Whatever. Anyway, but what I'm saying is Michael Jackson it was mad crazy. You, you can't. I can't even compare Chris Brown. There's no. There's no. You ain't. You wouldn't have been a Michael Jackson. You ain't in the time frame to be a Michael Jackson. What Michael Jackson did was crazy and phenomenal and nuts and wow. What Michael Jackson and his team did, that shit can't be duplicated. The world was a much larger place. Okay, so to to worldwide to do that is crazy, <laughs> right? But this man was actually cool. I was like, he was cool. Like he had friends. He had fans. Like he knew. Like he was cool with. I was like, this is quite. This is nuts. People traveling like around the world. Like, even though that got him in trouble, what happened? Because what Michael, too Michael did too much. But I also believe insiders, who I don't believe. Here's what I'll say. This is Carlotta 101's personal opinion. Please <laughs> do not get mad at me for my opinion. But one of the things I believe with Michael Jackson, it wasn't the outsiders that took him out. It was the insiders' influence on the outsiders. <laughs> Y'all going to catch that later on, right? Michael Jackson was so huge when people, Michael Jackson was having kids come out, sick kids. He's having everybody over his house spending the night and all this stuff. And I have people that used to come on this show back in the day who knew Michael back in the day. I mean, I knew one of the girls who was at the, the outside the day at the rental house that was always out there. Michael always, listen, this is, that's why I say y'all ain't real stars today. Y'all real, y'all real, but y'all be trying, trying to compare yourself to Michael Jackson. Beyonce, stop that shit. Because, listen, here's the deal. Because your team love to do that shit, okay? No. Here's the deal. Michael Jackson had an entourage following his ass to his rental house. <laughs> hey, outside his house, people coming out and shit and, and trying to go to up there Neverland and shit. I mean, people was crazy. People was, they, them security guards knew people. They was coming every day. They knew, they knew who they was. Hi, Juju. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it was. Like, that's crazy. You can't imagine, like, looking outside your window. Michael Jackson didn't know what it was like to look outside his window. When you think you're a big star, think about Michael. Michael didn't know what it was like to look outside his window and not see people there. Strangers and shit. He knew. <laughs> Serious. Michael was wild. It was wild with Michael Jackson, okay? And I know the fan. Listen, the fan base of Michael Jackson. I got to know that fan base, one of the most beautiful group, most of them, beautiful. I mean, but they love Michael. They just like yeah, Michael. They, some of them still in Michael Wonderland, okay? It's not, no, they, they never leave it, <laughs> right? And they really loved Michael, had genuine interactions. But what, 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 where the danger was, was when Michael started letting a lot of the outside world in, right? Then the outside world, like the situation with the father who sued, the the first lawsuit about Michael Jackson being molested. But 
from what I've heard on the backdrop of the molestation charges and everything, all the things I've learned, I'm just going to tell you what I've learned, okay? A lot of that was influenced. Those people were influenced a lot of time by insiders who were trying to take Michael down very early on. <laughs> Some of the... Sometimes he let the wrong out. He let the wrong outsider in. That was that was that was sent from the insider. Oh, oh my God! Well, you look. So that's why the idol to me, I feel like the idol was a picture of how do you navigate all that? How do you navigate a world like that? How do you navigate? How do you know who's real, who's not? How do you know navigate when you can't have the traditional human experience, like get to know somebody and shit? Even though human, listen, I'm like that. I ain't no celebrity, but I'm funky about people. I mean, let me tell you, my friends, well, I'll tell you, since I've been in grade school, junior high, I was always funky about my crowd. <laughs> I'm like, who the hell? I don't know you. <laughs> you know, anytime somebody new come up in the crowd, I'm a Scorpio. I've always been a little up here, and I'd be always looking at people, mm. You know, I always been, you know, a little. So I understand. I under, I understand. I just, I'm just like that. Period in life. That's people have to be that way in life. That's what celebrities don't understand. That's just a life thing. You know what I'm saying? People got to watch out for people around them anyway. But that show really gave a picture of when you're dealing with heavy money and heavy finances and seeing through the smoke who real and who ain't. And then what's wild is the smoke sometimes be right there with you, <laughs> helping you get famous and stuff. You know what I'm saying? So it is, I, I felt that was the energy of that show, okay? And I hate they canceled it. Sad, you know, somebody's going to try to do a weaker imitation of it, and it probably going to go, you know, but I hate that. I mean, because I felt like it was a real uh, genuine look, and it was, um, I don't think it was understood. That's what I'll say. And I think that some people who have a, an illusionary belief about the entertainment business, who um, who don't believe in the eyes wide open party, <laughs> eyes wide shit parties. <laughs> I mean, hell, y'all regular people have sex parties. I can't imagine what the entertainers be doing. <laughs> right? You know what I'm saying? For real. No, no, I believe in them little boy parties and stuff be happening. No, no, no. I believe, no, no. Some people that, I, I listen here. This is a, no. Y'all say, what, Carla, what little boy party? Where, no, they be having a lot of parties. Y'all know that after, 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 after show. Okay? <laughs> I'm saying too much. But y'all know it. It's all I, listen, Okay? They be some darkness there, okay? I remember I heard years ago, I ain't going to say, but all I'll say is that this particular uh, big-time <laughs> name in the industry, corporation, <laughs> that's all I'll say, was known for on its grounds having wild parties. <laughs> you a secret society. Secret clubs. So I you know, I can't imagine if y'all do it, y'all know what they doing with money and stuff. 
Okay, so that's hard to navigate, and I think that the idol was getting ready to give you a great look at that. What a, what a shame. I hate it because, I mean, you know, I feel like they could HBO should have gave it more time, adjusted it more, but I feel like HBO was probably getting pressures from some of the people who don't want that illusion to be broken, you know. So, okay. So, yeah, that's that on that, all right. Um, what else I want to Essence Magazine, child. Ooh, y'all been coming for Essence. <laughs> I'm, I'm not, I peep game. I told y'all a few years ago, I already peep game over there at Essence Festival. Okay. I already, as much as I love, you know what, listen, I love what the magazine used to stand for. But I already peep game. Okay, peeped game a long time ago. And I'm going to tell you my personal belief on Essence. Personal belief, okay. This is quite a lot of one-on-one. I ain't got no proof for it. I just know that people put together investment groups, like like just like I've been telling you all about Diddy and him, okay. Remember when I said they was product placement people? I said, hey, he ain't on some rock. He product placement. Y'all just come and get mad. You hating on the black man. You hating on the black man. Now, what I said is, I ain't got no problem with you being no product placement person. I love that. Sell your shit. Help somebody sell their ish. Get some paid off of it. I ain't mad about that. What I'm mad about is when you try to exploit the black community and you try to lie to them when you're the face of white capital. And you try to say, hey, I, I, don't, I don't mind if you say, hey, I'm in partnership with some of these people over here. You know, we doing a brand called Ciroc. I own a certain percentage. You know what I'm saying? Black people going to support you. We want to support you. We want to support you if you own 5%. If you own 2%, then you telling us the truth. We don't want to support you when your ass is up there lying. And what they say allegedly out in these streets, that Diddy only put like $1,000 in on Ciroc. I was like, huh? <laughs> Allegedly, that's what the that's what the word on the curve is. I don't know, you know, because when you get an investment group, let me shut up. But I told y'all, I said product placement, okay? And they have your hand on them now to ride. Cause see, this is what they've been trying to tell you. Groups like ADOS, FBA, especially ADOS, okay? Because they really have been doing a political work. Not that I hate on any other group. I love the foundational Black America, stuff like that. I'm not against any other group. But what I have noticed, shout out to Yvette and uh, Tone. They have, they they really, only thing I don't like, the only reason, I really, I have to be honest, I don't really understand certain things about ADOS. Um, that's the reason I really haven't, like, said, people say, oh, are you, you enjoying ADOS? One of the reasons is because I don't like beef. You know what I'm saying? Because I feel like y'all be sounding the same. <laughs> y'all just got slight differences. Yvette them, they're more really wanting people to see the uh, the, the the stats and understand them, and I get that because that's the meat and butter, right? But I also think that sometimes it can be harsh. I feel like they can be everybody can be in a beef that's really harsh, like everybody beefing against Tyreek. I said this last week. So I don't like beef. You know what I'm saying? So, but I would I like to support every group because I think everybody has something to give. You know what I'm saying? It's nobody is with nobody is above you know above reproach. And you know, I mean to to be told like there can be things you do can do better, and nobody is above you know um, congratulating when they do well. And I feel like Ados has done a great job 
in putting out, they were the first one, Yvette was the first one pumping reparations like nobody I have seen in the last 10 years, okay? And, um, <clears throat> but they have been letting y'all know about these inter- the entertainment industry anyway, which is put up a little bit somewhat, has a has a face of black aspiration or to make you think that, that black America is doing better than it seems. But what we have is black America has been severely in trouble, severely impoverished and stuff. And that is because we've had, we've come from out from under 400 years of oppression. That's different from any other group in America. And when I talk about that, I'm talking about foundational black America, Adolf, whatever, the traditional black American, okay, who's been on the soil for many generations, right? And so I think they have done a great job at pulling home that. And a lot of people are discovering this week about Essence Festival. A lot of people are discovering (laughs) that Essence has been – uh, uh, Rich Lake, Rich Dennis, Rich Lou, Rich 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 Lou, Rich Lou. I can't say his name. Rich Lou Dennis is the owner of Essence. Essence has had a lot of problems since Rich Lou came in. You can read the articles yourself. I ain't gotta say nothing. You can loom up. Okay. Uh, Carol, he brought in Caroline Wanga, who is a Kenyan, to help them. I feel that the stuff is nefarious. Okay. I don't feel. I feel like at first time Warner. This was what I remember. Tom Warner was going to sell Essence at a majority stake, but they was going to keep a stake in Essence Fest, in Essence magazine, okay? And uh, then all of a sudden it was announced that, oh, Essence is back black-owned. And people was like, yay, Essence is back-owned again, yay. But you're not understanding. Well, black, it's black-owned, but they ain't black American-owned. It's a guy who's from Liberia, okay, so that he may have a different take on what he sees has uh, what he sees uh what the american the black American ideas and, and and things are in moving into the future okay because he he may not have as a a, a hold or an understanding of the black American culture, same thing I would say with Caroline Wanga. No matter how much, you know, I be seeing out there, she be trying to do, okay? I'm just saying what I'm saying, okay? Now, my personal opinion, this is my personal opinion, getting back to what I was saying about white capital, black face, white capital. And not, listen, I'm not saying all white capital, is, white capital is bad. That What I'm saying is that you got to get the white people, if you're going to buy something and you want to have a strong black voice and stuff like that and you need some white uh, we are, we sometimes understand you need white investors because hey, black community ain't got it like that. Black Americans, right? So, or you need investors from other groups in the diaspora or something like that. You have to have them understand what the magazine's about, what it is. You know what I'm saying? What what it stands on. No matter who is investment group, you know what I'm saying. If people have that understanding. And they understand this was a, a magazine that was built off the backs of traditional black America, and that traditional black America supported this magazine, uh, 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 embraced it for the last year. You never want to disengage that audience. Even if you want to embrace new audiences and introduce black people to different things. But I feel this is nefarious. I just got to feel like, you know, because of globalism coming in, I know what I see. I know what I'm seeing. I'm, I'm looking in. I've been looking at it for the last year. Tom Warner couldn't pull it off. 
They were getting crit- heavy criticism. When you white capital and you and you start changing up stuff and the magazine start changing, people are like, what's all this advertising? What's going on? It's the same thing. Where is such and such that? And all this stuff, you know what I'm saying? Well, white capital, no, you're going to criticize them when you find out it's owned by white owners. Same thing happened with BET right now. You're going to be like, you know, black, black people don't turn down BET. They own white people own this, stuff like that. So what they do, in my personal opinion, this is quite a lot of one-on-one theory, is go and sell to what they consider a black person. Now, you got to be careful who they sell to, even if it's a black American. Or do you have the community in mind and all that stuff so you want to see if you can support their product? But I personally believe that this is a case. At Essence Ventures, I wonder if this is a case of white capitalism hiding behind the scenes. Who is Essence Ventures? No, not the three guys they show on the thing. Is it three or four guys they show on that little page they got? No, not them. Who are you? Who are the investors? Who are you? And I know everybody can't know your investments and who the investors is all the time and stuff like that, but it makes me wonder, just because everybody is noticing how it's going. Now, this year they made a tragic mistake, allegedly, of getting of getting black businesses, oh, a black business in New Orleans, upset. So they've been accused of this black business. Well, I'm going to talk about that a little later on if i got time in the show about this black business book, this black bookstore, that allegedly Essence was claiming that they were using their name and stuff like that to um, to um, uh, to get this bookstore event going and stuff like that. Our, our, the, the bookstore people are claiming otherwise, but a lot of the businesses and a lot of the people in New Orleans got upset because this is the first time they've had, allegedly they've had drama like this with Essence. Why? You know what I think, though? Because I, you know what I think? Because I feel like Carolina, Caroline, and 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 Rich LaHue, you don't understand the community. You don't know it. So what you don't know, you don't understand, is that Essence been out there for the longest, knowing that community, knowing hey, businesses, it's an impoverished community. If you understood, I think they get it on the outside, but I'm not sure how connected they are. You know, New Orleans is a community that is that it, it, the ones that are still there, but it's mostly a lot of poverty and things like that. So I think there is a lack of understanding community-wise. You think, oh, we all black, and we have you in mind, we have you in mind. But, no, you may not have a real understanding of the community. You may have corporations in mind and stuff like that, but you don't, I don't think, have a community in mind. So I personally think, my personal belief is I don't know if it's, I know they say they're they're African-owned. First of all, they're not African, they're African-owned. They're black American. Rich Lou is Liberian, Liberian-American owned, okay? And so when y'all hear black American, y'all ain't looking to see you. Wait a minute. Even if it's a regular black person, you need to be looking behind the scenes, especially if it's starting to get off this message and Essence is starting to get off this message. And so I'm going to talk about that a little later on the show. I'm going to save that if I got time. If not, I'll do another show this week, and we'll talk about that, okay? So I'm getting ready to go on break, y'all. But when we get back, we're going to talk about friends up in the building, okay? Why, why is everybody tripping over there in friends? Uh, we're going to uh, talk about gender-inclusive pads. What is gender-inclusive pads? 
All right, we got to talk about that. We got to talk about, uh, we'll get in a little bit to, about Essence. And then uh, we got to talk about Kiki Palmer, child, down there with Usher. Usher, Miss Usher, Mr. Usher, don't leave your girl around me, true player for real. <laughs> I don't know no more, though. <laughs> Usher got a woman, though, but I'm just saying, you know. Listen, girl, listen, fellas. Okay, stop it. Okay, let me listen. Let me just tell him here. Oh, God. <laughs> Usher can take your girl, okay? Usher can take your girl. Usher can probably take your Listen, it's uh, Oh, dang. You know what I'm saying? Like, some dudes, be, well, I can't say, you know, because I know, I know the rumors down these streets. I don't know how much he can take your girl. I don't want to bring him up. Okay, let's just say Usher. Let's just think of Usher, the old Usher house. Usher can steal your girl. You guys just know that. You got to be like in life, just like, yeah, it's possible. <laughs> it ain't right. But he can't. Hey, these R&B singers, these, 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 these uh, rappers and stuff, you know, <laughs> women get to live out some sort of fantasy. <laughs> Kiki, what it looked like, I'm going to tell you the truth, it looked like that was a breakup dress. You know what I'm saying? When they put the freakum dress on, put the freakum dress Kiki looked like she already was out the door. I don't even know. I know one, 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 you know one of my best friends ever. Y'all know how I love story time. Okay? One of my best girlfriends ever, I went to go hang out with her one time. At her, out of town where she lived and stuff. She was with somebody. They've been together for a long time. But I was like, oh, look at you. Because, see, like me, a girl like me, you know, like, I'm always in, i always been kind of, you know, like, <laughs> I got a sexy vibe. I've always been, I mean, you know, I feel like I do. i always been like, you know, a, 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 a fancy in my club. You know what I'm saying? Trying to be cute and stuff and sexy. Y'all. But her, she was like, you know, plain Jane, conservative and stuff. So, I see her, we going to a concert one night, right? Even going to a concert, she still be playing Jane, right? <laughs> and so so suddenly she coming out of the concert. She got this tight little dress on, and it's flaring at the bottom. Legs is showing. She got these heels on. I'm like, oh. I'm looking at her and said, oh. And she said, what you looking at? I'm like, look at you. And she's like, what? I'm like, oh, so when you when you leaving? She like what? I said, when you look, girl, you can't fool me. Look at these little outfits you got in these. Look at what you look at. What's going on here? Oh, oh, girl, girl. I don't know, girl. Just you know, let me do my thing, girl. I'm just trying. You know what I'm saying? I'm testing the water. Okay, yeah, because that Kiki look like I'm testing these walks out here. Warning shots. Boom, boom, boom. Like she giving you, she was giving you warning shots, man. Boom, boom, boom. That's what my friend was doing. She giving warning shots. She was like, listen here, you just got the fuck out of here. I ain't always this little conservative, little nice little thing. <laughs> so she was shooting her warning shots. You know, he coming out. He ain't paying no attention. He's like, oh, baby, what you got on? Oh, you look nice. Yeah, looking. He just looking. He thinking there ain't nothing. He like, oh, look at she looking. She looking good. You know, cause she, but he, what he didn't catch, if she don't be looking like that all the time, you know she don't be looking like that all the time. <laughs> right? 
You know what I'm saying? Well, if I would have came out and met that, we'd be like, ah, let's keep it. You know what I'm saying? Before, for a few years, though, I did have some conservative years. There's always been a classic dress, but I, I had some conservative It's a long story. But for my most part, most of my family, I ain't conservative. You know what I'm saying? You, 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 you can't look at me a peep game. But shit, you could peep game with her. I said, he wasn't seeing it all. I said, dude, she got to be out. She got to be outside. She going out in these streets. She's shooting morning shots. Don't step your game up. You about to lose your girl. <laughs> That's what Kiki Palmer's man did not say. You was about to lose your girl. If this wasn't a big setup. And I'll tell you my theory on that, too. Okay. All right, y'all. So when we get back, we're going to talk about all of that and more. Meanwhile, let's start off with one of my favorite groups. One of my favorite female groups of all time, Mary Jane Girls, y'all, all night long. It's the CC Show. I'm Carlotta. I'm up in these streets late night talking, all right? So we'll be back in a moment. Hey, boy.
shooting of death of a 17-year-old in Paris suburb. The death which occurred in a country where gun violence is, barely, is fairly well rare has sparked anger across France over the use of deadly police force. Uh, the anger had, was spurred by the death of Nahil Marzouk, I don't know if I'm saying that right, a French-Algerian who was shot and killed by police during a traffic stop in the town of Nanterre. 
on June 27th. Video of the incident shows two police officers standing by the driver's side window of Marzouk's vehicle, one of them holding Marzouk at gunpoint. The youth then appears to start driving away, at which point a gunshot can be heard as the officer discharges his weapon into the car. It is unclear um, what persists where what precipitated the traffic stop. <laughs> um, the policeman uh, who fired the weapon allegedly did so because he was afraid of the de- afraid the dangerous road behavior of the driver could result in someone being hit by the vehicle as it drove off. Uh, Nanterre prosecutor Pasco Pratt said during it, the officer who shot Marzuk is currently being investigated with Prosh noting that he believed that officer's actions were illegal, okay? The unnamed officer is currently facing a formal investigation for voluntary homicide and has been placed in preliminary detention, okay? Uh, they're saying, following the incident, riots broke out across major French cities, bringing violence, fires, and hundreds of arrests, NPR reported. The outlet noted the death of Marzouk sparked widespread unrest over the police use of force, particularly against minorities, much in a way that 2020 killing of George Floyd in Minneapolis Minneapolis lit a power keg uh, of protests across the United States. For the first few days, the protests, uh, angry riders, torch cars, leaders shopping, damaged infrastructure, fast with police, the Guardian noted, has um, cries for justice for Mazouk Ray out across France. The scale of the damage is widespread. More than 5,000 vehicles burned, 1,000 billions, buildings, Damage are looted. 250 police stations are uh, gender married, attacked, uh, more than 700 officers injured. Um, the New York Times report at least 3,400 people have been arrested since the protest began. Okay? Um, while initial re- protests were violent, carnage has calmed down, and in recent days, as tensions began to cool, this happened in part of part after Marzouk's grandmother pleaded for protesters to stop damaging things, telling CNN affiliate that they should not damage schools, not break buses. It was the moms who take buses, she added, that the protest should stop using her grandson's death as excuse for property. Okay. Um, while the protests have centered around Marzouk's death, many are trying to seize the moment as an opportunity to open a wider debate about what they see as systematic police abuse, particularly in the working class suburbs, freelance journalist Rebecca Roseman told NPR. She noted that France suffers from complaints of police brutality and discrimination in these areas, especially against lower-income households and racial minorities. Last year, there were 13 people killed after being stopped for traffic violations. Okay? So um, I think also um, France has had some problems with the, with economics and all kinds of things. So there is, uh, like, I think a sense of a lot of things uh brewing um, there. And I think as far as uh, there may be some situations with immigrant communities and stuff like that coming into France, a sense of ideas of changing changing France and those fears and all that stuff. So very interesting what is happening uh, in, over there, okay? So I just wanted to talk about that. To make sure we hit up that we'll keep up on the story. Hopefully, has it can you know um, it continues. I'll try my best to keep up with it. Uh, next, I want to talk to you about um, 
I'm trying to get these stories out of the way. Okay, let's talk about this, okay? Uh, is that right? Okay, the gender uh, pads. Okay, you know, I, I mean, I, don't, I may be common gun, but I didn't know. That, can they have, can can people who are not um, uh, uh, born female, can you have periods? I'm, I'm not quite understanding. <laughs> I, I'm not, I just really don't understand what's going on here. I'm like, what? When I heard it, okay. Uh, let, let me let me see if I can pull this up here. This woman, Women's Health CEO, pushes gender inclusive pads pads for everyone who ministrates. Okay, August CEO Nadea Akamoto claims she is proud to have gender inclusive pads in the age of transphobia. Okay, that's something I didn't know. See, you learn something new every day. Uh, since then, the latest episode of CBS CBS Mornings, the network show, brought on the founder of a feminine product named. August, that prides itself on producing ministration paths for ministrators of all genders. During the segment, August CEO Nadia Akamoto talked about the importance of coming up with new absorbent and environmentally, environmentally sustainable paths that are also period positive and gender inclusive, designed for everyone who ministrates. Akamoto added that part of the inspiration for her new August paths is that we live in the age of transphobia. Okay, what? <laughs> CBS Morning host Gail King introduced Okamoto to Thursday morning offering praise for the gender inclusive period positive pads. Uh, reading the description of a new woman's product, King stated the aim is to reimagine and redefine that period experience to be powerful and dignified. The host added into set and to that I say to you, Nadia, where where we where we where were you when I where were you when I was eleven, okay? Uh has the segment continued killing us so much. August CEO noted the periods are potentially one of the most natural biological processes of life, but on several occasions declined to refer to women as those who ministrate. What? Rather she used the term ministrators. And now it includes trans me. <laughs> Among those who have periods. Listen, this is wild. In one instance, she said, it's potentially one of the most natural biological processes of life, and yet the history and society is built upon the stigma that makes administrators feel so ashamed. Okay, listen. In another Okamoto claim, this is from Fox News, by the way, and I think it always breaks my heart to hear so many stories every day of young administrators who get their period and never heard of, heard about it right. Hmm? Later in the segment, the CEO explained her reasons behind creating a new path, saying, August to me is a result of spending years in the space, identifying pain points, whether they be around sustainability, like I grew up hating pads. Most pads have enough plastic for three or five plastic bags, so very stretchy, comfortable, but also wanting period, positive, gender-inclusive brands. What? Like, okay, if you're having a period, if you're a transgender male, you just don't, you don't give a fuck. I mean, like, you don't even say, I'm looking for the, trend, the transgender. Like, you're looking for a pad. I know because, listen, I'm, I'm a young, I'm a woman, so I know. <laughs> you're looking for the best pad when you being straight. You ain't looking for, especially if you're a heavy bleeder or something like that. You ain't looking, trying to see if you trans, you're looking for some transgender for me. It's some money making. I, I hate when I hear stuff like this because it sounds like these schemes, you know. 
So we, and they be trying to put it around inclusivity, diversity. Uh, you know, it's just like, wow. Uh, we're here for everyone who ministers, and I think especially in this day, so is our way. So is uh, the other uh, uh, Ted. They ain't, they ain't being, they ain't having a look lack of gender inclusivity. What kind of shit is going on? <laughs> a lot of us are a proudly gender inclusive, a proud gender inclusive, but she added every. She added everything about the product. We try to be super thoughtful about how we design this to be as comfortable, as observant as possible, but also sustainable as possible. Okay, let's listen to some of this. Okay, Chad, I don't know. I don't know what to say. I mean, okay, I'm glad a woman's out here, but I already I know a young a young lady I think who does. I'm gonna try to bring her on too. A black young lady, black young lady who's been on here. She writes. She does history books. I think Christian has. Christian Nicole, I think, maybe has feminine hygiene products and stuff now. So I'm going to bring Steve if I can get her to come on and talk. But let's listen to this, okay? Listen to this stuff. transgender happy instead of just going in and buying a pen because I've been buying pads since I was 12 years old. <laughs> I got to tell you, sidebar, funny, I always love to tell y'all funny stories. So when I was a little girl, you know, I used to be like, oh, my God, I don't want to go to the store and buy pants when I see me in there, right? I'm like, oh, my God, I So I was just like, you know, oh, my God, if I see me. And I remember one time I had, like, a merch and I need to buy some pads, right? You know, and so – my mommy, I was with my mom. My mom, <laughs> like my big sister. And my mom, I was like, she said, girl, go in there and get you some uh, uh, pants. I'm like, no, mom, no. I, well, I didn't call her mom at the time. I said, no, Lolly. I said, you know, uh, people in there. She's like, girl, come on. <laughs> you at a store? It's a convenience store. It's not my guys in there, right? And she put, she said, let me tell you something, okay? They know women menstruate. <laughs> you ain't got to be ashamed of having a period. Don't you be ashamed. Don't you never hear me. You go, you come right in here. She put them right on the counter for the everybody to do. Like, right here over here. She said, you ain't got to be scared of nothing. You come in here and get your, your shit like everybody else. Don't nobody care what they think. <laughs> and after that, I was never embarrassed. I'll tell you, I was never, I was never embarrassed. <laughs> But I've been buying them all my life. So I'm telling you, they, they, the box don't got nobody's gender on it. The box is like, the box is just plain. They put, they like purple, they pink, they blue, they, they yellow. I mean, we, you know, I understand her selling them on the comfortability and stuff, but gender, like, you know, if you bleed, you bleed. Shit. You going in there, if you a, you a new transgender one, like, I'm going to look for the one that say they transgender inclusivity. Like, always ain't. Like the mother ones ain't. I mean, they only had to sell to women. So this is a new marketing scheme we got going here. 
transgender inclusivity. Like you, who? That's what I feel like. I feel like it's a marketing scheme. Because I feel like you know, uh, even though periods are mostly sold to women, women who women who have periods, you know what I'm saying? That the transgender women have been going in there. I can see her marketing on comfortability. Okay. But trying to market on, yeah, see, look, look, transgender inclusivity, I care. Look, I care. Like, you ain't making, girls, it's the same task. It's the same thing. What are you saying? This is some of the things that's just ridiculous, okay? Some stuff we just, if you bleeding, you bleeding. You going to give a human. It's just, it's just it's, we got to look at the marketing schemes going on. I get transgender inclusivity. And that way she can do a commercial. And she can appeal to, you know, she have a transgender commercial. Just picking up the boxes so it get y'all go by. It, it, does it really matter? Just as long as you're going to get some pads, is the pads got to be transgender? I'm not understanding. <laughs> it's just a female experience to go buy pads anyway. If you're a transgender, it's a female experience. You're going in about, you know, man, does it matter? Is that the I don't know. It's a pet that thinks that we have gender inclusive past. I just found this crazy. <laughs> but okay, just me. It's just like maybe I'm not at the understanding yet. Okay? I'm sorry if I'm not. Don't hate me. I just really don't understand. I'm like, what? I mean, really? You don't use that much? That's the new white machine we using? <laughs> oh, Lord. Y'all wild. Y'all wild in this Twilight Zone. It's Twilight Zone for sure. I'm okay with it. I'm okay. I don't care. I don't. I done came to the conclusion. I understand what it is in these streets. Okay. Um, let me see. Where's that? Oh, my goodness. Did I lose my other page? Hold on. Yeah, I'll be losing my page. I don't know how to be my other next story. Child, I don't know. My story. Okay. Here we go. All right, so we got that one. Okay, so uh, Otis Tulsa, uh, I want to talk about this. Otis Tulsa, race master survivor, is uh, she's writing a memoir. Uh, and, you know, she's 109 years old. Oh, my God. Can you imagine 109, right? Uh, I believe that's what her age is. Is that 109? Let me pull that up. It's a story. Oh, I mean, I'll get that in a minute. Let me see here. And find the story, y'all. Okay. Um, oh, and I want to shout out to y'all. I want y'all, I put up on the Carlotta Chatwood Facebook page. Y'all watch the latest. I put a link up to Yvette Cornell, uh, Breaking Brown where she talked about reparations. She talked, she really gave a thorough uh, talk about Clarence Thomas's, his thought about uh, uh, what he had to say about race. He was kind of confusing because at first he was promoting lineage and then he went on and started saying, well, you know, he started backtracking, all kinds of stuff. But Yvette does such, has such an elegant way of talking about it. Very powerful uh, video Yvette Cornell put up for Breaking Brown. I put up for Breaking Brown and her talking about reparations and the need that it be linear, affirmative action be lineage-based and not race-based. Very powerful argument. Check her out, okay? All right, so 
Otis Living Tussle Race Massacre victim, 109-year-old Viola Ford Fletcher, breaks her silence. Her memoir, Don't Let Them Bury My Story, is a call to action for readers to pursue truth, truth, justice, and reconciliation, no matter how long it takes, okay? Um, Let's see if I can pull this up. In the last couple of years, Fletcher has traveled internationally, testified before Congress, and supported a lawsuit for reparations. All part of the campaign for accountability over the massacre that destroyed Tulsa, Oklahoma's original Black Wall Street in 1921 when she was a child. Now at the age of 109, Fletcher is releasing a memoir about the life she lived in the shadow of the massacre after a white mob laid waste to the once thriving black enclave known as Greenwood. The book will be published by Mocha Media Inc. on Tuesday and becomes widely available for purchase August 15th, okay? Uh, in recent interviews with Associated Press, with the Associated Press, she said she feared, she said she feared of reprisal for speaking out had influenced years of near silence about the massacre. Now that I'm a lo- old lady, there's nothing else to talk about, Fletcher said. We decided to do a book and uh, about it, and maybe that would help. Her memoir, Don't Let Them Bury My Story, is a call to action for readers to pursue truth, justice, and rec- reconciliation, no matter how long it takes. Written with graphic details of the 1921 race, Tulsa race massacres that she witnessed at age seven, Fletcher said she hoped to preserve a narrative of events. That was nearly lost, lack of acknowledgement in main, from mainstream historians and political leaders. The questions I had then remain to this day, Fletcher writes in the book, how could you just give a mob of violent, crazed, racist people a bunch of deadly weapons and allow them, knowing, encourage them to go and kill innocent black folks and demolish the whole community? Um, as it turns out, we were victims of a lie, she wrote. Tensions between Tulsa black residents uh, inflamed when, in 1931, May 31st, 1921, the white-owned Tulsa Tribune published a sensationalized, sensationalized news report of an alleged assault by a 19-year-old black shoe shine on a 17-year-old white girl. Chad, that is easy. Okay. With the shoe shine under arrest, a uh, black militia gathered at the local jail to prevent a lynch mob from kidnapping and murdering him. Then a separate... Um, then a separate violent clash between black and white residents sparked an all-out war. Over 18 hours between May 31st and June 1st, the enlarged mob carried out and scorched Earth's campaign against uh, Greenwood. The death toll has been estimated to be as high as 300. No, I've heard as high they as 3,000. When you live in a tussle or something like that before, you hear the numbers. They still think bodies are buried around there. Yes, Lord. Okay? They said, you know, see, the United States government don't want to miss the craziness that was going on. Okay, more than 35 city blocks were leveled and estimated 191 businesses destroyed and roughly 10,000 black residents were displaced. Okay? And memoir Fletcher writes about the bumpy ride out of town and a harsh drawn buggy as her family escaped the chaos. She witnessed a black man being executed. His head exploded like a watermelon and dropped off the rooftop born, okay? The shooter was had also fired his shotgun at her family's buggy. She talked about they passed a dead pile of dead bodies heaped in the street, she writes some books. Some of them had their eyes open and were still alive, but they weren't, okay? Um, victims, descendants believe that once a conspiracy of silence around it, Pierce decades later, justice and, rep- justice and reparations for Tulsa community will follow. That hasn't happened. And then, you know what? They're going to fight it more than ever. Let me just stop this and just say this, okay? 
this is why, you know, a lot, when you come to a country like America and you are an immigrant, sometimes the history of America and its violence, I remember having this discussion with some African ladies who were doing my hair. And I was like, you know what? And they was like, some of this we did not know. Like, you know, <laughs> you know, because a lot of times immigrants come over. It's sort of like Clarence Thomas said in one of his re, re one of his his in his thing. He compared Black Americans to West Indian people, like saying West Indian people have been able to come over and be successful and all that. And that's an, like it's an indictment against Black America. And I'm like, yo, totally two different groups. First of all, black Americans have been here over here in America under 400 years of racial, chattel slavery, oppression, Jim Crow, all kind of stuff, an unusual thing, okay? And a lot of times when you pick people from a country, like, say, for instance, they go to West Indies, they don't actually sometimes get the poor people in the country. Sometimes it'll be they get the people who have education, who have certain things. So you're comparing a group coming over. They may not have as much money, they have money, but they have education or certain backgrounds or something. And they also have a country or a place that can, uh, that is fighting for them. We are in, we're American. Okay. And Americans treating us like we, as a black people, we aren't American. So when you hear stories like the Tulsa race riot, which is way more, it was other stories of black cities being destroyed. These same things happening black massacres throughout black America's history. You understand the need for reparations. It's like in the need for affirmative action for black Americans. You won't be saying, oh, they're just this, they're just that. A lot of times what happens is you don't understand the story. Like a lot of times you find a lot of people, immigrants don't know about the Tulsa race war, race riots. They don't know that every time that black America, we are the only group that every time that we start building, we start coming up, violence, extreme violence has been used. Like, I hear stories from my great-grandparents about how they had the people running from the South and stuff, having to abandon their property and stuff because the Klan just messing with them, messing with their children and all this stuff. And, and, you know, like white people on Fox and we being a man. And white people sometimes on these other, these liberals do too. They're like, it's an imaginary. Like, we was imagining that shit. Like, they go to gas white people. Was slavery that bad? Yeah, slavery was that bad. Not even slavery that bad, but the aftermath of slavery was worse almost. Because you, because black people were free and you hated it. So you began to, it wasn't just all white people, but a lot of them and, and the government began to have hatred, begin to harass, degrade, steal. It was almost like there was a worse aftermath, after, not the slavery, not to deny slavery, slavery was horrible. I'm just saying it continued to be, the violence got worse, and if black people got successful, you know, they was waiting for an excuse to go destroy Black Wall Street because they were successful. They was actually jealous of them in Greenwood. Greenwood was doing better than the, than the whites in the city. They was doing a lot better. So they was jealous. They were looking for a way to come out and destroy. So you wonder, when you come over here and you prejudge this group of people, who have had extreme violence against them when they try to move up or when they try to do extreme. 
you will understand why communities look a certain way. You will understand that there's fears behind that. This has been government okayed abuse and race racial things. So you will start understanding the black American experience a lot better and that how your family used to talk to you. I'm telling you, listen, when I used to sit outside when I was little, they'd be like, Kiki, be careful now. And you see, you see all, you see them, like you go to the side and you see, I remember I see my great grandfather, my great, not my great grandfather, my great great grandfather. Okay, when we go down there and visit his home, my great great grandfather, it'd be a little white girl, be five years old. How you doing, Miss Jane? Call her Miss Jane. I'm like, what the hell? And then, and then, and then she, she's like, hey, Gus. Understand, and then the North too. The North was guilty of shit too. Okay, this was racial. They just wasn't hard as hard as the South. Okay, so you just black people fleeing, leaving property, all kind of shit. Because they were scared for their life, and they didn't have nobody to to call. You call the police, all the police was in on it. You saw the police to me. They, these was these, this was all. Can you should hear some of the horror stories coming out of the South? Women being raped, men can't do nothing about it. Killing people, and well, you can't do it. The clan killed Uncle Uncle Jesse. Yeah, we just watch it. Like what happened to Emmett Till? Real shit. So you you will understand the dynamic behind this community. It just makes me so mad when people come over here and they have lack of understanding. Are people? When that, that affirmative action kick, when you know, when he went up, when the Asian guy went about affirmative action, but he didn't go after legacy. That's probably what what in not understanding how that works. And they ain't gonna never do it that. They they even they got they got to be better on the ground. It's just crazy. But I just thought this story was interesting because it was a reminder of you know that that. It's passion. You say, well, it wasn't my grandfather who, I mean, it wasn't me who did it. Yeah, but it was your grandpa, and you've been, your grandpa, you benefited off your grandpa, maybe some of your grandpa's racial, uh, uh, racist ways or his abandonment of, 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 of the racial things that were going on, his escapism to not do anything. This was America. It this was a government thing. And a lot of what people say, well, I don't want to give my money. My grandfather wasn't in. But you pay reparations to Japanese for internment camps. You pay reparations to American, Native American Indians for things. Well, what are you talking about? You didn't, your grandfather didn't do that either. He didn't come over here and steal the land. You pay money. You help. Uh, you help. You pay um, uh, reparations. Help to pay reparations to the Jewish household. What do you mean? So black people who were under oppression, who built the country, who were under pressure for 400 years, the country is laid up, you don't think? That's the extreme hatred. That's when you say, when, when it comes to us, it's like, oh, it's wild. <laughs> it's wild. You, what you don't want is black people to start taking in the spirit range. So that's why I started saying black people, you might have to go in the spirit range and start taking your reparations. 
And that's going to be a trip. Then you'll see them trying to come with violence again. Because we that's that's always what's happened. Okay? Old uh, stuff. But very interesting, okay? Um, and and uh, I, I, I bet that book will be an excellent read, okay? Um, what else do I want to talk to you about? Uh, and that, in some senses, I believe that's too why we sometimes, some black Americans have a hard time fear success in certain ways uh, because there's always a fear there. When you, when you talk to black people who have really been successful, a lot of times they'll name, they'll talk about that. They'll say there's a fear, you know, because that's, that fear's been passed on. That energy's been passed on. I mean, we just now coming out of that stuff. I mean, we, we ain't even came out of it yet. No, we ain't. They still killing black folks, okay? So, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm not, I'm, you know, it's crazy. But uh, it's where we, it's not what it, what the, how the South was, but it's now become more subtle and crazier, okay? But uh, let's talk about Essence Fest dropping lawsuit against this bookstore. Y'all are peeping game on Essence. Y'all is not liking it right now, but it says, this is from Access New Orleans. It said, Essence Fest drops lawsuit against Black-owned bookstore over Arthur event. It says, Essence Fest Festival dropped its lawsuit against Black-owned bookstore last night, but it's continuing legal action against an event organizer it describes as trying to profit off the festival's brand. Uh, Baldwin and company in the Marginally was forced to cancel an event celebrating Black Arthur's Friday after Essence issued a cease and desist letter to Baldwin claiming that marketing materials for an event at the bookstore improperly used Essence name or logo. Yes, but Essence told Axel Sunday is still suing the organizers to meet the new house and two other companies affiliated with the event. Why it matters. The Essence Festival bought big names for the weekend, like Vice President Kamala Harris and Oprah Winfrey. But the drama surrounding the fest is what New Orleans are talking about instead. The tussle left many social media questioning why Essence, which promotes celebrating Black America. That's because what is Black America? See, now you have agendas and all these things and stuff. Oh, my God. Vicki Dillard. She said something I thought was pretty powerful. She was talking about this a few days ago, South of Vicki Dillard. But she was talking about, she said, the people who bought uh, Essence, knowing it's a legacy in the black community, she was talking about how they have more access to the White House. And she was, oh, my God, I, if I could, I'm going to pay a fair use. I'm going to see if I can pull it up and play some of Vicki's talk on Essence. If I can, uh, let me um, let me see here, y'all, so y'all can hear it. Um, deal making, what deal making? They're up to behind the scenes, mastermind. So I think you read in the third series of what I'm talking about is spiritual jurisdiction. Has Fox News lost? Okay, 
So I want y'all to listen to Vicki Dillard, a little piece of her segment. Check her out. She has two things about Essence. She has Update, Essence Magazine, response to Vicki Dillard. And she also has Essence Magazine, the Tell Yes Against Vicki Dillard. Uh, Fly Nubian Queen is under on YouTube. Fly Nubian King, I'm using it fair use, okay? So check this out. I really think that y'all should check her out, what she said, okay? I'm hoping that I've got the right spot to play, okay? Uh Okay, y'all, I'm trying to find that part. Trying to figure it out. Let me first. Uh, okay, here it is. I finally got it. Okay. Thing is, 
it because they want to get back on that very platform. I've been exposing the fact that I believe that essence, the folks that acquired essence, acquired it so that they could get access to the White House. They're utilizing the vibe of his legacy magazine. I think it's been around, what, 53 years, if I haven't mistaken. They use that so that they could get access to powerful people, certainly to us, and they're turning around and switching up an agenda, multiple agendas they're pushing on us. You all know that I love our black family from the diaspora, but too many of them are allies to our open enemies. And they despise us because the energy of foundation of black Americans pisses them off. Because too many of them are too excited about getting a ball in the biscuit. And they do to me what they would never do, even to a white supremacist. They do to me what they would never, ever do. Okay. Vicky's very, very animated. But what what I'm what I like what she said is that she said that she believes this is about getting uh, power in the White House, cha- uh, promoting certain agendas, promoting uh, being uh, in. She even talks later on about being in with the Democratic Party per, uh, instead of talking about problems in the black community and, uh, and situations that's going on in the black American community. Instead, it's pushing Democratic agenda instead of black American agenda. So a lot of people, let me tell you, a lot of in people, Black people like Roland Martin and all of them and stuff like that hate Vicky Vicky Diller, okay? I think Vicky's very smart. Vicky is very uh, animated and stuff like that, but Vicky is smart in what she's saying. And a lot of times they hate it is because it's something different from what they think because they believe, hey, the only thing we got is the Democrats. I don't believe that. I've been knowing that for years. I ain't the only thing yet, okay? So it's, it, it, and they hold on because they, they're, they're currently working. But now, even I heard Roland Martin, I saw a tweet from Roland Martin talking about Essence Fest this year and how there weren't many political things when it's right close to an election year. That's done on purpose. Roland, that's what they've been trying to tell you. Tyree, Yvette, Tone, all of them, <laughs> Vicky, all of them, even though they all don't get along, uh, Jason Black, all of them have been warning y'all. <laughs> But, you know, I thought that was very powerful. It is now the essence uh, new in New Orleans. They disrupted the uh, certain things in the community. I'm not surprised. Uh, it says the tussle, uh, the tussle left many on social media uh, questioning why essence, which most celebrate Black America, seemingly target a Black-owned business. Now, let me tell you why it's going to be hard to go against get essence get essence in check. Let me explain something, okay? So essence, I was talking about today with somebody. I'm talking about how essence used to be. Like I said to y'all, I'm getting ready to talk about this too with NDI Reed. I'll say that for when NDI Reed, but let me just say this. One of the major problems that's going to be for Essence Festival, for y'all to boycott and deal with essence, is going to be black celebrities. Because black celebrity always understands what goes on too late. I do. They're in a bubble. They don't understand. They don't understand the power. What do you mean? They give me a check to I can pour. This is the essence fence big thing. You know, you know what I'm saying? They like they still. <laughs> and black celebrity carries with it a lot about, you know, 60% of the community who still follow them like they gurus. So that's where I see the big part, problem. So really, what my personal opinion is that you're going to have to start targeting, targeting black celebrity about this stuff. 
This is my personal opinion, okay? Because that's how you're going to get black people to start paying attention a little bit more. Right? Um, and also create another avenue, uh, too, you, you know. But it says, Essence on Twitter said the event organizers misled into believing that they were participating in an Essence Festival uh, event. On Sunday, Baldwin owner Danielle DJ Johnson posted on Instagram that Baldwin did not create any marketing materials for the event. Point to the event organizers. He added, we respect and appreciate, appreciate the importance of trademark and copyright law. New Orleans on Friday found Baldwin's event to be in violation uh, of the city's clean zone ordinance, according to a statement from Mayor Latoya Carnell's office, Cottrell's office. The city's new ordinance is supposed to protect against competition in design parts of town. A previous version was challenged by the ACLU. Uh, such actions, what's he saying? Such actions are not only unjust, but also tarnish the reputation of Essence and raise questions about its commitment to supporting the black community as a whole, Johnson told the Associated Press in response to a restraining order. Let's continue to stand together to uplift one another and amplify the voices of black-owned businesses. Uh, a Sunday morning post on Baldwin's Instagram page said, along with the photo of the Johnson Williams, the Jason Williams high-profile civil rights attorney Ben Crump in the bookstore, after Essence dropped Baldwin from the lawsuit, uh, Johnson released a statement comparing the saga to David and Goliath and saying he will continue fighting against the unconstitutional clean zone ordinance that suppresses local businesses in favor of big corporations. And listen, because it's owned by Rich Luhu and he claims to understand black America, he may not. When I've noticed, Essence ain't the same. I'm going to tell you, I ain't got it. And y'all going to try to get, because y'all listening right now, y'all going to try to get, and let me tell you something. I'm going to tell you, I'll tell you, I ain't going to say it. Because <laughs> I know y'all like to steal ideas, okay? But I know this, that's just quite a lot of uh, opinion. Uh, but here's what I'll say. I'll bet, because anytime they probably hear their name and stuff like that or hear, see their name, post, they probably listening somewhere. Okay, so not to be a big show. I'm a big show. That's how the stuff works. Essence is is not what it used to be, okay? And um, it says City Council J.P. Morrell, who was critical of how clean zone artists was invoked, said his office is working on how to prevent it from happening again. It's completely inappropriate for any large scale event business in the city of New Orleans to negatively impact our local businesses. Notice this has never happened before, even when it was under Time Warner. Now, I've noticed a decrease in seeing the decrease, my personal opinion. I mean, I saw black people out there selling stuff and everything, but it wasn't like it used to be years ago. Okay, it was, it's nothing like where it seemed like everything, the community, the Essence Festival got fed and the community got fed. But maybe these new organizers don't want, they want all the money. Okay, you know, I don't want no money. You know, and not understanding how important the whole New Orleans experience is to the festival. Now, see, what they probably don't understand, I was around, I've been around when Essence was at, when Essence, I went to Essence when it was, when, when the, the when the, what's this, what thing happened? Uh, the, uh, uh, what was it? Shit, I can't, 
what was, uh, the um, the storm when uh, Katrina happened? I went when Essence went when Essence went to uh, Houston, and let me tell you, okay, Essence, you and New don't even think about. I'm tell you, let me let, let me give you a little Rich LaHue. Let me tell you and Carolina Carolina something for free, okay? Because y'all wasn't around during that time. I'm gonna tell y'all something for free, okay? Essence was it was a great show, but it was nothing like New Orleans, okay? Listen, essence and the flavor of New Orleans almost go together, okay? That energy, it, it, y'all can try it. Try if you want to push that, put, put, take it out and put it in Atlanta or something like that. I'm just going to tell you. <laughs> the people made the festival as much as the festival. I can just, um, just go and mess itself up, huh? Because they, what's they going to happen is big corporations are going to keep going for a minute. But more as more and more competition comes in the fray, we'll see how long that, that lasts. <laughs> but I'm just saying, okay? So let me get to NDIRE part. This part I want to talk about with NDIRE too, okay? NDIRE roasted for saying uh, Janelle Monet made show too much skin, okay? And the test debate has erupted about on the mayor's of our complaints about Monet, Megan, and others, okay? And this is according to RodanOut.com. The veteran senior in NDIRE is getting flanked on social media for suggesting that entertainers like Janelle Monet and Megan Thee Stallion and others reveal too much skin in their performances. Ari is referring to what she saw as hypersexualized performances delivered by 2023 Essence Festival Culture in New Orleans over the 4th of July weekend. Monet flashed one of her breasts to the crowd, though her nipple was covered by a pasty. Meanwhile, Megan Thee Stallion performed her customary trucking exhibition replete with most with mostly exposed butt cheeks, okay? So she, it, I, I kind of like some of the ratchetness, I ain't going to lie. Said, but India made me, she convicted me. I'm like, dang, she right. That's how the issue is with context. Humanity does everything. But does everything belong in the stage? No. Everything is everything for kids? No, Ari Penn. So when we as a culture make something, but you know, Essence is not really so a lot of kids here. When we as a culture make something like this mainstream, it shows a lack of discretion and discernment. To those in the comments who laugh at anyone who wants these things for our, your, our culture, you certainly had that right. India added this, just as many folks have the right to want our mainstream international export, our music, to show us in a respectful light. I like to, to, I like to on record saying this won't age well, and that's my issue. Okay. A lot of people bash our because a lot of young kids, and they got the right to their opinion. Uh, somebody said, when has Essence ever been for kids? Which it's not, okay? What is NDIRE ever even talking about, okay? But I, I, let me tell you. Let me explain to you, India. You're partly right on this, okay? Because you have a different group of people who claim they know the community, but are not very much acting like the community and compare, claim they want to uh, protect a, a, a legacy in the community like Essence magazine. But the truth is, sometimes in the diaspora, what they've known of black America is sometimes what they've been exported, sometimes not only are good things, but also some of our worst traits, especially with the last 50 years of hip-hop, okay? Hip-hop has uh, went all over the world, and it has been the image, one of the main images of black America, good and especially bad. 
No longer is it, you know what I'm saying, the Supremes. And, no offense to hip-hop, because I love me some hip-hop, but I'm just saying, it was a lot of wild shit being so like, look at these thugs, look at these thug bunnies and stuff like that, you know, because Africa is clearly influenced. Afrobeats, the way they dress, everything. I was watching the dude on the box. He had his pants hanging out. I'm like, that ain't nothing but Negro prison culture from 1982. Okay? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, you know what I'm saying? They, they said, no, you are influenced, but Steve Harvey, you wrong. They not, we not influenced by them. We may take some traits because that's from our original homeland. But no, the world is influenced by Black Americans. Okay, they they are very much influenced by Black Americans, and they are influenced by the first it was rock and roll for R and B and rock and roll and stuff like that. Now it has turned to hip hop, and they tend to take the most exaggerated, ugliest versions and sell it that this is how to be cool. Because there's nothing more cooler that has been sold as more a vision of coolness than black America, traditional black America throughout the world. Coolness, but also thugs and lazy, and the Western world is so they also put their thing on us. And you should definitely believe they're doing it. They're reinforcing that with some of hip-hop, okay? So when people from the diaspora take over this, they think they're not understanding probably what essence used to be. Let me tell you, you're losing it. You think you're getting the new kids, and you will for a minute. But here's how I know Essence is not the same. When I first, I told y'all, when I first went to Essence Fest years ago, Essence Fest was for, it was kind of classes. I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm learning. It wasn't, it wasn't a class. I can't say it was classes. It was aspirational. It was for if you, it was Black America, where the down home Black American people who aspire to better things meet with the hot hodgepodge of Black Americans, you know the snooty, you know what I'm saying, the up and the bourgeoisie of Black America, and we all come together, right, and have a good damn time. <laughs> we get together with our bougie cousins. And we all get together. We be Frankie Beverly, hey, you know what I'm saying? And we be out there, and, you know, it's nothing, nothing. It's where we all have, we share. We all like, yeah, we want this shit to be better. You know, we might not agree all the time, but we, we family, we get this. Right? That's what essence used to, used to be real upscale. People used to dress the fuck up. No, you come to essence, you were styling and profiling. Celebrities was having parties all over the place. I'm not talking about Lil Wayne and them. I'm talking about upscale. Magic Johnson, you get out the plane, people be passing you out stuff. You magic having a party now. Hey, Jamie Foxx having a party. It was, it was, it was. You don't see none of that no more. They're going to try to get it. They're going to try to buy y'all out so they're to get y'all. We got to make it what it used to be because they're hearing me talk. I'm telling them I'm giving them tea, right? Okay? But the pro- here's the problem. This is what, what the NDRE is pointing out. Now, it's not that I don't, I disagree with Megan the Stallion being on, on stage. I understand that things have to improve. One of the things you about Black America is that we're cross generation. So back in the day, when Essence Fest, you Essence Fest was a place where your grandma can go party, but the kids can go party too. And they had some young people on there, but it was mostly for the old, you know, the older young, you know, the older with money. And one day you gonna want it, One day you gonna get older. You gonna be. You gonna get older, and you gonna get to. You gonna get to party the real party. <laughs> I'm gonna give it all the answers, fast. You know what I'm saying? Because it was. It was about being 
elite, I mean, not elite, but astute and classy and fun and everything like that. And I understand inviting the Megan the Stallion, but what I said about Susan Taylor's essence, or the old, the black, two black men, the three black men that owned it before, their essence would have gave her stipulation. Oh, you can do this, but you cannot do this. But let me tell you how I know essence has changed. Because I saw who Megan Thee Stallion called up on stage. And this is not to be classist. I'm not doing anything. I saw what the girls had on, how they were looking. I said, that was never. Essence wasn't that. You know that song, I'm a classic man. Remember that song? That, and that was a Caribbean dude to make that. He's half Nigerian or he's half Nigerian or something like that. But he was, he, he, what he was doing was looking back at old black America. You know what I'm saying? How we used to roll and stuff. And he was copying with the pen. So that's how us, that's how we, that ain't how the Nigerians used to dress. That's how black America used to dress. He was, when he did, so he was, he was, he was talking about black America and how they used to dress all over the United States, Harlem, different places and stuff during the Harlem Renaissance and, and, and down in the, a certain parts of the South. The, the, that's how Essence used to be. You had to come with your best shit, like <laughs> looking good and stuff. Now nah, y'all look trifling. That's what any of y'all talking about. Y'all look had your asses out. I get it. It was funny, but I understand. Oh, it was showing the downfall. Essence has fallen. Oh, Essence is falling. It is gone. Damn. And that is what y'all don't understand is getting ready to happen. Y'all getting ready in the back window. See, now... And here's another thing I know, too. I'm starting to hear, see, I, I hate to say it. When you start getting a more uh, certain type of crowd coming to the Essence more of Essence never had problems for years. Or if they had them, we didn't know it. Know it. Essence has always been an exclusive. You didn't come to Essence to act a fool. It always targeted a certain group. But I see that changing so much. And the magazines, in my opinion, suck. I hardly even pay no attention to them when they come in the air. I think I'll be like, ah, I just throw the song and pay no attention. I don't even <laughs> Where years ago, I used to read or I used to look, I was like really into it. I'm like, yeah, but, but it's, there is so, listen, I am telling, I can see the changes. This is what NDIRE is talking about. And you can't, you, and that is part of agenda. Even the gospel segment y'all have on Sunday morning ain't that great no more. <sighs> I ain't giving you the tea, though, to how to make it better. I'm telling you some little hints, but I'm just saying, it's got people, black people used to have their family reunions at the Essence Fest. That's how that's how much of essence is. People used to build their family reunions around the essence fest years ago. Essence fest was now the people be like, "Hell, they because they see it and you and you ruining the brand. You don't understand. Obviously, y'all don't understand the brand and what you bought. Or I don't think you want to. I think you're so interested bringing in world culture." And everything like that, but you don't understand. We are the world culture. Oh yes, we are. Now, I mean, you can't bring in some Afro beats and stuff like that. But understand, we understand. We are. 
We are that thing. <laughs> People was coming from all around the world anyway. Okay. Black American, black American, black America went global. Oh, we are, we were globalism before globalism. We were the first, we're one of the first American exports, exports. I mean, big exports, big time art music, big time. Traditional, made in America, bred by America. They try to all be talking about, claiming we are that. Not that we can't have other people, but we are that. Never forget. And so when we get less interested, what happens? You lose your flavor. When the people of New Orleans are no longer interested in your festival. Like I said, I've been to the one in Houston. It didn't have the same energy as the one in New Orleans. So you, they, 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 I was at the one in Houston. It was nice. But it wasn't like, I was like, damn, they got to hurry up and take back. Because New Orleans is a family. Everybody's walking on the street seating. Mm-mm. I tell because I know what y'all got. I bet y'all that's the next thing because y'all done had so much problem with New Orleans this year. If y'all continue to have problems. And I also know this, like, you don't have any more. They're they not as customer service more oriented with the hotels put up, uh, all that stuff. So telling me something's going on with the city in essence. Oh, you can buy the you can buy the house, but you can't. You don't got the formula. <laughs> you think you do though? Oh, I love it, and it's gonna work for a minute. Cause what's happening now is kids from like our hood people, like some people in the hood who always dreamed of going to SFS don't realize that now people have lost, it's lost its luster like it was years ago, and so people still want to go. But ain't the same. I do I mean, some people just man, y'all. Ain't what it used to be. Y'all, y'all at Freaknik. I mean, you know when Freaknik was in, 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 that's where y'all, y'all said, "I'm gonna see me." If y'all don't change, it's gonna get not good. Okay. All right. So let's talk about Kiki Palmer, child. Okay. Then I'll get to uh, talk about Tasha K and everything. Okay. So Kiki this week, y'all. Y'all was up in these streets. Y'all was so upset about. Um, I mean, Kiki, by Kiki's Palmer boyfriend uh, putting up there that she's a mother because she went out there to uh, to dance with, uh, hang out with, uh, with her friends, and, cause she, and, you know, she out in a freaking dress with the booty out and everything. Now, listen, Kiki, you know you had a man, okay? <laughs> I mean, you know, I like to dress a little. I be dressing sexy in Vegas, too. It's sexy, okay? I be like, I'm sexy. I'm sexy. telling you. But Kiki, that was real. Like, <laughs> that was real on the streets. You know, like, because usually when you have that seat, I got one of those seat through dresses. And usually when you have them, like, I wore one one time, but you, you got the full, it's like a full brief hand. You know what I'm saying? It's still risky, but it's a full. But Kiki's ass is all the way out. <laughs> okay, but it says, but listen, y'all, I already told y'all the way they moving with Kiki, so I'm not sure if this was some big publicity stunt, because, you know, she's been hosting Saturday Night Live. Kiki, I told y'all how they trying to move. They moving Kiki up the ranks. You can already see when that's happening, okay? This is Kiki Palmer. This is according to uh, MSN. says, had a subtle comeback to Darius Jackson, father of her son, Leotis, criticizing for her for her outfit choice. Uh, she started doing this dancing thing or whatever. So that's why I'm like, you know, okay. Uh, 
Let me talk about her boyfriend first. It says, Kiki Palmer's boyfriend, this is from USA Today, uh, doubles down amid backlash for criticizing her outfit. I have standards. Kiki Palmer's boyfriend, Darius Jackson, is still in the wrath of social media after he called out the Nope actress for an outfit choice. Palmer, 29, attended Usher's Las Vegas residency on Wednesday wearing a black bodysuit under a sheer dress. In a video circulating um, amid... Um, in a video circulating on social media, Usher is seen serenading Palmer with his son, There Goes My Baby, as he sang the duo hug and sway to the music. Palmer, a fellow singer, also had a brief turn on the mic, okay? Um, and when she turned around, she had this really see-through outfit on and everything. In response, one of, uh, uh, let me see, okay? Oh, let me get this up. I don't know where it, my thing went to her. It's the outfit. Uh, no, he wrote, he wrote. So he wrote on the scene. It's a. It's the outfit, though. You a mom, Palmer's boyfriend and father of their son, Leotis, commented on, on in a Twitter response to the clip that a fan posted. Social media was quick, quick to um, quick to say something about it. They said, "Don't be data baddie if you're gonna be this insecure." One fan, fan tweeted. Another wrote. Uh, um, not a white. She's a mom, not a white. Okay, and then Darius wrote in response, we live in a generation where a man of the family doesn't want the wife and mother to his kids to showcase booty cheeks to please others. And he gets told how much of a hater he is. This is my family and my, represent, my representation. I have standards and morals to what I believe. I rest my case. Now, the problem, Darius, is here. Here's the problem, Darius. I'm about to tell you in a minute, okay? Uh... People went off on Darius. Uh, Kiki came back and responded. My personal opinion, I'm wondering if they wasn't already having problems because that was a, definitely a freaking dress. You know, when you go, when you let somebody know, you going out and you letting them know, you're like, I'm out in the streets. I'm outside. you about to lose your girl. Remember that story I just told y'all about my friend? When she was getting ready to leave her man, she was doing stuff. She had stuff on. I was like, I ain't never seen you in that before. When you leave, what's going on here? You know what I'm saying? Because she was letting him know, I'm out in the streets. It's countdown. I think that Kiki was giving homie a countdown. He, he didn't know. He didn't realize it's a countdown. Like this kind of stuff. And he probably just counted his ass out the house. And he put that together of just talking to her and calling her up on the phone. Like, what you doing with the see-through on? You know, what's the deal with that? You know what I'm saying? What's going on? Instead of doing that, he didn't do that privately. He embarrassed her. Now, the problem, Gary, is when they say what you do in these streets, and this ain't to discount you. Because it's a blessing for any man to have any kind of work, okay? But from what I've been hearing is writer and fitness trainer. So when I hear them two things, I'll be like, fitness trainer to who? Fitness trainer where at? <laughs> yeah, because a lot of times fitness trainer is used. I mean, not to dog the fitness trainers out there, because there's a lot of fitness trainers that make a lot of money and do very well, okay? They, they, they the bomb, okay? But a lot of times in celebrity world when that stuff is used, I mean, no job. Now, Darius, Kiki is out here on, this, on a trajectory up. She's getting ready to go up. They was Harvard. They had her hosting a Saturday Night Live. You know what it's about to be. Okay? And if you were so interested in tradition, why not marry her ass before you get her pregnant?
I'm out here trying to take my butt. And he was taking half-naked pictures of her So beforehand when she was pregnant. So it really wasn't about that. It really wasn't about her being naked out there, okay? You know what it was about? It was about that usher who do got a job, who do got hit records, who is very successful, can take your girl. Oh, usher can take your girl. Okay, usher can take her. <laughs> and he was vulnerable. He realized that. Oh, shit. I'm the weakest link. He's sitting at home rocking the baby saying, shit, I'm the weakest link. Look at shit out there. Men, little young men, young men who listen to me, okay? Please don't take this as a dish. Let me explain something about leaves. You know when they tell you, man, she ain't in your league. Man, he ain't in your league. When they tell you, when they tell girls he ain't in your league, it's never about somebody having money or stuff. When they tell girls he ain't in your league, like, I remember I was a young girl, I like this dude. I was like, oh, he's so fine. He's good looking. And my, my, my play brother at the time, he was out in the streets, he knew everybody in the Like, that's out so league. I'm like, what? I don't care if he come over here and try to holler. I don't care. Man. But she did. <laughs> well, he, he was like, I don't care. That is something. I don't want you nowhere near. I don't know. And when my play brother used to tell me that, because he, me and him was real close, I knew he had a reason. Now, he's like, no. And what he meant was, this Negro is such a player on another level. He'll have your little ass spinning around out here, okay? he got your little ass out in the streets messed up. Okay? Out your feet. Get your little ass back here. <laughs> and he was older than me. You know, I was trying to flirt through. I was like, <laughs> Hi, that my little ass, and I was kissing. Yeah, <laughs> you know, he's like, uh, uh-uh, uh, 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 no, what, no, and he was right. I would have had my little ass spinning with not where I was at, messed my ass up because I saw the other girls that were getting messed out through the streets by the dude later on. Okay, so yes, thank God for the people who love you and say hell no. Nah. Get your little fast ass back there. <laughs> and what about, I used to have a lot of older prayer brothers. What about prayer brothers? I like this one guy. What about prayer brothers? She's a burger bundle, not a whopper yet. You can't mess with her. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, that's what they mean for girls when they out the league. But guys, when they tell you a chick is out your league, that means she's fancy, she's big. She about that life. She in a different lifestyle, and you got to have something to play the game. You got to have something to play the game. If Leotis was my son, I would say, "Son, you can't date Kiki Palmer." Oh, what you mean? What? What? Because she's out your. You ain't got no job. Uh, Kiki gonna, you know, I'm gonna stay with Kiki. You ain't got no job, son. I'm a fitness trainer. You ain't. She's a she's a celebrity. Yeah, but you know, uh, she got more more money for what? No, she she you eventually she gonna be like real look around and say, what you do again? <laughs> no, 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 no. She is. He is, she is out of your league. 
And dude like Usher is going to remind her that you ain't in her league. I know y'all don't like to hear that women are high pergamists, but it's mostly somewhat some of the kind of truth. I know Kiki was on there talking about really it's not it's it's not important to me about, you know, we got to give everybody a chance. We in this life, we always trying to make somebody feel better than or feel not. I heard her little talk on when she was talking about, you know, we always trying to make them feel this and that. The problem is, you know, with less than or dating people who have less, and I agree. But here's the thing. You still got to recognize your deal. One of the things I think, I'm going to tell you a secret here. Leotis, she picked you maybe because the ushers weren't available. Kiki might have a motive, too. But now Kiki is out in these streets looking hot. Oh, my God. That baby went tough. Leo, this, that baby did something to her. The body banging, the face up, the, and the people are pushing her up the scale. They pushing her up the, the, the thing. Oh, that ain't the same little Kiki Palmer. You got pregnant. Okay. It's a whole nother level now. And you ain't got the coins to play. Now, I ain't saying nothing going on with Kiki and Usher. But Usher is a reminder that you ain't got it. Usher, Usher in her lead. Now, of course, Usher has a girlfriend. There's some other technical difficulties I hear with Usher that I'd rather not bring up right now. But I will say, and Usher is known allegedly for being a home tree, okay? However, there's a lot more ushers out there. <laughs> yes, he can steal you. He can steal your girl. And somebody asked, you know, I believe personally. My personal opinion is that when you dating a man, you know, there's a sense of respect and honor that you do have for him in certain ways. Even if you like me, you like to dress sexy and stuff like that. There's certain things. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you know what I'm saying. But I actually believe Kiki was tired. I don't believe that Kiki was in Vegas to disrespect him. I think that it was already, this was the the, 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 the the warning shot that I'm outside and you better get your act together because look at these sheets. Look at us over here. It's a whole bunch of these people out in these streets, okay? I got access to it. I think Kiki is saying, my access, my access has changed, baby. My access, I'm out here, okay. <laughs> oh, it's now my world, okay. You better get it together. If you gonna write, you better get to writing. If you's out here being a fitness trainer, you better get some celebrity clients because Kiki is outside, okay. And ushers, the ushers of the world can take your girl. Warning shot. Okay, that's Hollywood. Okay, she was letting you already know. She's already broke up, I think. She's already, I, I personally think she was, now, do I think she, she might get back with this man for a little bit, maybe? But my personal opinion is that was a warning shot. This, it's already something she's seen. That's why the dress, and you could tell when she was showing Usher on screen when he was showing his shirt off and she was showing her phone and she was like, ooh, ooh. <gasps> she was like, you know, she letting him know. She let, she's like, baby. <laughs> She wasn't even sneaky about it. You know, she wasn't even, like, most women are going to be like, girl, you, you know, we be, you, you be trying to sneak that you 
looking at something. Uh-uh. Not Kiki Kiki's like, had her flip phone or something. And he came out there with that body showing them arms. Mm-hmm. Kiki was like, look at me. I am at the Usher concert. Look at Usher up here. Oh, I'm outside. I'm outside. <laughs> oh, and I, I am about to be free. He just didn't know. He thought he had a family. He ain't got no family. You better listen to Beyonce. What's Beyonce? If you like it, then you should have put... Beyonce, be a philosopher in these streets. I told y'all. If you like it, then you should have put the ring on it. Up in the club, doing my own little thing. <laughs> okay. I'm up at the Usher concert, doing my... Fine. She's already getting you. Poor Diotis. What's his name? What's his name in? Oh, kid. Go, go. Listen, let me tell you something. You're a handsome guy. Go work on yourself. Get your money up. You're young yet. Get your money up. If writing and, and being a fitness instructor is important to you, be the best. At it that you can be, but you must first invest in yourself if you're getting ready to pay in the Kiki Palmer store, okay? Because she's on the come up, and she's looking good. And I don't think Kiki's ever looked like that. Just like like she's Kiki's always been a cute girl, but Kiki is in full blossom. And when a woman discovers that, it's hard. Because there is all of a sudden, there's new adventures to be had. And then you ain't got no job either? <laughs> and she, she and it's men out here who actually got jobs and cash and checks and stuff that want to that, that wanna take her to, uh, you know, out and stuff. You know, I know they sliding in Kiki's DM. And Leo, they probably sliding in your DMs, okay? Now that they think you, they think you and Kiki single. But let me explain something, son. You gotta get your coins up because them girls will slide right out too. It's not about money. It's about a man being confident in his own self, in his own vibe, in his own shit. Once they start seeing what Kiki see, gonna be they gonna be. Up in the club, doing they little usher, they're gonna be at the big usher concert too. <laughs> Cause what you gonna find out that usher can steal your girl? Get get up here, get get up. And Kiki, why wouldn't you date the brother? Which is interesting, but that tells you how much of a jump that Kiki done made, right? Kiki would Kiki didn't even get the brother; she was getting the.
And I went in on Blue Ivy here, not in a bad way. I said, I, I actually like Blue Ivy this, but I did not like Blue Ivy winning the Grammy Award. I hated that. I was like, they treating the Grammys like an ain't shit. Because remember the next day she had it like a little sippy cup. I thought it was, what the hell is this? What the, this shit don't mean what's So I understand. People was being mad. She had little kids. Because I was saying, brown skin girl, that's what she run for. And people get mad. I'm like, you, you, you being a bitch talking about little Blue Ivy. And I'm like, oh, my God. I got an opinion. I like Blue Ivy. I'm saying that she shouldn't have won a Grammy Award for that one line. It's not right. Her mama didn't shouldn't have put her out here like that. It's people that crying because they can't win a Grammy Award. Quitting they ask, quit, quitting, quitting uh, music. Like Ariel, what's her name? Ariel Lennox was about to do when she couldn't get the Soul Train Awards. People really get upset about these awards. It's been a lifetime trying to get them. And she up here with a sippy cup, with a straw, drinking out the Grammy Awards. And people out here working their whole damn life, weeks and, I mean, years and years trying to just get at the Grammy to be nominated. And this this baby got a, like a sick drinking at him. I'm like, what? How disrespectful? Beyonce and Jay-Z, that's disrespectful to the artist. These artists cry at things being Grammy nominated. And here your little girl, you enter into, which I think she should never been entered, enter her in, in so I understand what Tasha K is upset about with her dancing. Even though I thought it was cute, I thought she reminded me a little bit of Aaliyah because she was kind of laid back dance. And I always say on this show, I appreciate the way Jay Z and Beyonce raised Blue Ivy to embrace the spotlight. But I also think that that's the Matthew Knowles school over there. I think Beyonce been raised. Because if Matthew knows, or from what I've seen and heard about Matthew knows, that if you get up on that stage, it's open game. Like, he didn't play with Beyonce in him. I mean, unless they used to run in heels on the treadmill and sing and stuff, it's hardcore. So if you're coming up under the Matthew knows school, I feel like Beyonce and Jay-Z through the blue eyes, you can say, all right, you want to be on the show? All right, this is a paid show. You better work it out. So when you on a paid show that costs really a lot of money, even if you're coming out for two to three minutes, people, she's still a performer, right? And it's opener. I think Tasha K did her a service by talking, saying a different opinion because that's really how it's going to be if she wants to be in the entertainment industry. And obviously, Blue Ivy's got a touch of some sort of entertainment thing, okay? So they're saying when they put her out on the stage, I think Jay-Z and Beyonce is very aware that she could be possibly criticized, right? Well, apparently, Miss Tina, okay, started allegedly, like Tasha K felt throwing subtle shade, and then she followed Tasha K, right? So, fair use. <laughs> we're going to we play how with Tasha K. I'm going to play a little bit what Tasha K had to say about Miss Tina when Miss Tina came uh came over to came and followed her, it I was like, Oh no <laughs> Tasha, if you think <laughs> you start trouble now. Child, you done opened up the You did, you, did, you did a lot now. This is it's gonna be crazy now, okay? So let me play a little bit of Tasha K and uh, what she had to uh, say with Miss Tina, follow her. Okay, um, let's see, where is it at? Uh, pull up here so y'all can hear. 
Let me just say this. Tasha went in, okay? <laughs> uh, I'm like, I'm nice. Don't count me out coming to me, come talking to me about nothing. I'm nice, okay? Uh, so let me see if I can find it. Okay, let's take a listen. Fair use, okay? Okay. But just because I'm a fan doesn't mean I can't critique Whatever happened to the customer is always right. If I spend my money with you, I don't care if you gave me a free card to come get a chicken biscuit at Chick-fil-A. I'm still a customer. I am in your establishment. I am eating your food, and I have the power to leave a Google review to let you know if that biscuit was soggy, if it was sloppy, if the chicken wasn't done, I have the right to speak my mind. And when you are charging that much money, and I'm a fan, and I voice a concern, I have a problem with that because why am I getting told off, desperate, because I'm leaving a Yelp review and a Google review on how you conducting your business. I just left three stars on Google. And when I leave three stars on Google, instead of you saying, now, I understand why is you sending your mammy over down to my house to attempt to gather me? Hold on. Why are you sending this witch to my door? Yeah, she Creole. Yeah, she probably a witch. But my mother-in-law from Africa. Don't play. She in Mecca right now. Just sent me videos. From Mecca on her pilgrimage. And God is a lot stronger than that darkness y'all got going on down there. But whatever happened to the customer is always right. Now, I know she's pulling up to defend her grandbaby, as she should. As she should. But I didn't say anything bad about her grandbaby. I said Blue Ivy is beautiful. She has her life set up. But I feel that in this society that we live in, y'all giving awards to everybody. But I feel like just because, you know, her mom is who she is and her grandma is who she is and her dad is who she is, it was giving her an award. And when I voice the concern as a patron, because I am a fan, you want to pull up like you're going to check me. Who's going to check me, boy? Who's going to check me? You're in my house. I left a Google review. Fix it. And we ain't got nothing else to talk about. Now, when Miss Tina knows did this here, I said, what, what, what I do, Miss Tina? Miss Tina, follow me. I said, what I do, Miss Tina? Literally, she pulled up. I don't know if it was the energy because she knew that I was coming to say something. Because I saw the video of her saying when people try to break my soul or diss me or when there's haters. Why do we always got to be haters? Why we can't just be like, yo, fix this? Why does it always have to be hating? We can't complain. You're in the business of service. Beyonce's in the business of business. I'm not judging Beyonce. No, Carter. I'm judging Beyonce the brand and Blue Ivy the trademark. But you're not a trademark. No. I was prepared to drag you more because I felt like whatever happened to the customer is always. Instead, you want to pull up and call me a hater. Or maybe you're here because you enjoy the wine. No. 
I'm trying to figure out because I went scrolling through you. Because I was like, you, Miss Mellow, you are lucky. You lucky I wasn't around when Matthew knows was outside, outside. Greatest man was outside with dark skinned chicks like me and gave Beyonce her first dark skinned sister that she don't claim. Child, you are lucky that I wasn't around. I missed that trick. And like I said, you can go and ball chicken balls. My mother-in-law is in Mecca right now doing the proof. I will have her drop your name on the stool. But I'm just trying to figure out, like, who's going to trust me? Because I'm trying to figure out, like, the way Matthew dogged you out. Because I don't understand how a man like that, y'all don't ever claim him. He's never on the tours anymore. He got to buy his own tickets to come. Y'all mad that the man said the only reason Beyonce is famous is because she likes skin? But he prefers the black community. Not going to disown his black thing. Child, it was so fun. Child, y'all got to listen to Tasha K over here. I played a lot of it with Tasha K. stuff going in. She done went in on Miss Tina's uh, makeup, child. <laughs> Miss Tina. Tasha don't give. Sometimes Tasha don't give shit no more. <laughs> she already been sued by crazy. Tasha like, I don't give shit. I just quit. I ain't got it. <laughs> That's what Tasha, I ain't got it. <laughs> she don't give a shit no more. Miss <laughs> <laughs> Tina. Miss Tina. Stop. Miss Miss Tina that Miss Tina. When she put on Matthew with me, oh, God. Because <laughs> y'all know Miss Tina's the publicist now for Beyonce. She always, I already talked about that on my show. I say I feel like she's the publicist for Beyonce because she always puts stuff up on page. She answers and everything like that, you know, subtly and everything. Listen, I love me to Miss Tina. <laughs> but Miss Tina, you do not want to play with these bloggers like Tasha K, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Miss Tina, and then she started going on. Miss Tina calling herself uh, uh, Tina. Tina knows still. See, I understand why she called herself Tina knows because she was known by that. But Tasha was like, Tasha, I'm gonna be Tasha. That ain't right. <laughs> then she started talking about how he dogged her out. And I'm like, oh, Miss Tina, you can't play with nobody and got nothing to lose. Okay, what she start putting? Miss Tina, what she start putting out? The Maxwell, you know, you be, you be like a Maxwell post, you know, because you think, I think you got a crush on Maxwell. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Miss Tina, Miss Tina be loved with it. Miss Tina, like my, I, Miss Tina's a big Maxwell fan, I think. I think she is. Miss Tina, Tina, that's that's how dangerous Tasha is. Tasha don't give a shit. Tasha will come for you, okay? Stop, Miss Tina. I'll, I'll stop you. Miss Tina, quit, quit it. <laughs> Ignore it. Don't go back. <laughs> Do not disrupt. The be- that's like that's why nobody messes with. Like some people you can't mess with, cause like they ain't got nothing to lose. You don't care. Tasha at that point. Tasha like shit. I don't give shit no more. I done been sued. Okay, I've been down this road. Okay, boiling chicken bones. 
When she said, I have my mama put your name on, my mother-in-law put your name on a stone. If she need that shit, that probably need that shit. <laughs> <laughs> I got told y'all, Miss Tina, when I told y'all I quit fucking with Khalees, quit fucking with Tasha Kay. Okay? I'm just telling y'all, Miss Tina, Miss Tina, don't do it. Okay. <laughs> and in the end, she going to say to Beyonce, don't see it. What'd she say? Wait a minute. It was funny. Let me see. I can't. Y'all can't say it. But she said it. That looked like me. You wear all that black. Wait. <laughs> but Mr. Matthew didn't think it was black enough. Lord. And that paper for makeup you got going on. But she said oh. to Beyonce at the end, talking about don't, next time, don't see your man. <laughs> oh, no. Listen. Don't even send Solange. Solange, you Solange, cancer. I know you think you fight everybody to see your back. They can get scrappy too. <laughs> and she's right there at the end. She goes, she'll start pulling Solange receipts, okay? Solange, you don't want that smoke because I hear some smoke. You don't want that smoke, okay? Don't, listen, Tasha K will park. Tasha will pull the seat. Because <laughs> Tasha ain't got nothing with Okay, so I got told y'all to look at what Kalisa, she was the son over there. Well, this is this is that Piscean deep water. She already know. She already know y'all ain't gonna y'all. Well, she is daring y'all. She daring y'all. Why? Why she daring y'all? She already got shit. She already saying you, you black. You better be glad I wasn't around. She grabbed the mic. You better be glad I wasn't around during that massy rage. I said, oh shit, this is bad. Oh no, Miss Tina, just back up off of this fight. This is one you don't want to get. She has the right to say that she doesn't think Blue Ivy was dancing that good, okay? She does because Blue Ivy's in a paid show. And I know that's your grandbaby, okay? She, she didn't say nothing else. It ain't worth it. Don't go over here. This is, this is rough water. You don't want to go over here. You, <laughs> she's only giving you a taste, okay? It's, she only giving you a taste. Miss Tina, say, Solange, don't try to tell all y'all. Back then, okay. Be like Beyonce in the elevator, okay. Tasha K. Wow. I just put it up on the thing. I said, Tasha, you just wild. Tasha, wow. Tasha, you wow. Listen, I don't mess with nobody. Ain't got nothing to lose, okay. Like when you see they ain't got nothing losing, you know you got some shit. You know, like she said you she said Miss Tina was boiling chicken bones. Hilarious. Hilarious, Miss Tina. Don't try it. Miss Tina. And when she said she her her mama's in and met her and she put your name on the song, I believe that Miss Tina. <laughs> Miss Tina, it's uh if y'all out here, if it's true what they say and y'all here do imagine, Miss Tina, don't fuck with the Pisces, okay? They bad as the Scorpios. I'm telling you, they be the reverse of spell. I'm just telling you, Tina, don't. So this is this, this is time. See, I think you and Beyonce and all y'all in a vulnerable place right now. And the vulnerable place is you're starting to, is the popularity starting to wane. It's not, you know, real world popular. Beyonce's still huge and stuff, but it's not. She don't got the influence like she used to. And people ain't as scared, you know? You don't give a shit. Like, I don't give a shit about it. I talk about Beyonce up on here, but I say it. You know, the reason why I talk about Beyonce, I'm, I, I say it because I like Beyonce. I be trying to help her because I be seeing it's too contrived over there. You know what I'm saying? 
Boy, there's people out here who will scrap y'all up. <laughs> in the in a certain realm. They ain't got yeah, they these people out here that be that be doing uh 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 they own spells, Miss Tina. Okay, that's why I'm just trying to tell you y'all what if that's true. I don't know. I'm just seeing what y'all didn't see that Miss Tina, don't just follow if you're gonna follow Sasha K, don't follow her as a form of intimidation because that shit don't work. <laughs> Like Tasha, I think Tasha, Tasha must be an Aries moon. I wonder if she's got some Aries moon or something in her chart. I don't know. I wonder what her astrology is because, listen, that is the way she. But you know what? Pisces women are very can be very feisty. Like my granny, uh-uh, they feisty. They 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 be they got be be about that life. <laughs> Oh, they guppies, but they be about that life. They are guppies on the inside, right? But on the outside, they be looking like little fishies, really. But they little fishies would be trying to, they like, they be coming up with you. What's some little fishies that bite on you? But they like, you be feeling, they nip at you to irritate you. That's what they kind of they are. That's what the Pisces are. That's what the Pisces is. They like, they be, they, they be coming with that. They ain't, they ain't. But <laughs> they deep waters, though. You know what I'm saying? They irritate you. Irritate you. Okay. So they ain't playing no okay. game. They ain't they ain't playing. Okay. So that's and they and they and they got they got that that psychic ability. They can feel you. She are like they can already feel you what you about to do. Miss Tina. Y'all want no smoke, okay? That's somebody ain't got nothing to lose right now. <laughs> Me whole expose. Surviving Matthew. I can see you. Don't do it. Don't do it, Miss Tina. Just stay, stay down. Stay down and keep it. Cliff posting Blue Ivy and Beyonce and everybody else, okay? <laughs> hilarious. So, Natasha K. K is hilarious. That's all I can say. Anyway, funny, okay? Uh, but on to the next story, all right? Um, listen, let me just say this, okay? I'm a person. I've been doing this show for several years, like years. And I like other bloggers. I, I don't I don't mind shouting them out on here. I ain't in no blogger. I know these bloggers on YouTube and them YouTube streets. I be getting in the beach and all that. <laughs> they wild on them YouTube streets. But you know, I just think that's a waste of time. <laughs> but I, I mean, but I will shout out people that I like. I like a lot of bloggers that don't like each other, that like each other, stuff like that. Maybe it's a Libra in me, but I I tend to. Shout out people I like, but that even I like some of Tasha K, but Tasha be going hard over there, okay? It's wild over there in that Tasha K arena, okay? Yeah, that's a whole other story. That's a that's some that's some that's some crazy that's some Tasha over there in the in, in the wild wild west. <laughs> celebrity uh, celebrity gossip over there, okay? Uh, so uh, it is what it is, right? Um. Moving on, okay. Uh, let me see. Where are we talking? Y'all, I gotta have a part two. Y'all know I, I always gotta have a part two, okay? We were talking about the essence fest. So I gotta have a part two because we got a whole lot more that I need to get to. That I didn't get to hit up with y'all. But let me just say this. Now I was supposed to see Beyonce in Kansas City, my hometown, September the fifteenth. She has now changed that to October the first. Okay, Beyonce's canceling shows around this joint. Now Taylor Swift was just she's claiming they're claiming her people have been claiming 
that Beyonce is the is the highest paid truer or something like that. Listen, let me tell you something. Beyonce lies. I've been for scalpers about it too, and I already explained on here what that scalper shit's about. But let me tell you how deep Taylor Swift is. Okay, I ain't a Taylor Swift fan at all. But let me tell you how deep it is. Taylor Swift sold out two nights at Arrowhead. Okay, and Beyonce's having to change uh, dates for production problems and everything, cancel shows and all that. Mm-hmm. You start seeing I'm side-eyeing her. But Taylor Swift ain't no joke. She came down here to the Dallas Cowboys. I think she sold out two nights here. Two. Two nights. Not Beyonce. Not one night where you're going to have, you're going to look like you had fool. No, this is two nights. Okay? So if your tour is making way more money than her, it's because the tickets is so funky. It's so, so fucking high. They high. They high. No tickets is bought. No tickets. Beyonce, because your tickets are so high. Okay? But boy, so I think it might be another universe in Taylor Swift County, especially when you having to cancel shows and stuff. But you know, I'm gonna go see. I'm gonna try to go see God bless to see the Beehive and what's going on around this. You know, I'm supposed to get next month. Y'all yeah, know it's Maxwell. You tell know I love you so Maxwell. <laughs> I'm so excited to see them. Here go my friend. My friend was telling my other friend talking about. Oh man, you know. She loves Maxwell. She was so excited to see Maxwell when she was in Vegas last time and said, when we got to the concert, she's like, she acted like she didn't even like Maxwell wasn't even there all that. I said, no, it's not that. It's just that I be like, my feet, like, I be trying to be cute sometimes and my feet be hurting because I be having all these heels. <laughs> and I know like, I wore a different type of heel. I was like, oh, Lord, and I had this little, like, rubber. And so I was just tired. I wouldn't want to get up. And so, you know, they, they always be like, no, nah. they be like, no, nah, you be trying to be cute. I, no, it's just that I, I'm not like, I, just, I always say I'm not a scream. I don't be screaming like that. So this is at a new edition concert or something like that. I'll be saying, you know, it's, a, I'm, it's, a, I just, I, yeah, I'm excited. I am excited. It's not that I'm not excited. <laughs> so she's talking about other people talking about, she ain't got to be, she act like she's excited. But when she get there, she got to be like, eh. like it's an old hat. <laughs> I was seeing them four times, five times, six times in a year. <laughs> I mean, in life, it's been a lot. But in a year, you know what I'm saying? So I'm going to this tour. Okay. I'm expecting, is Trilogy coming? Is, is the, is, wait a minute, is Nike getting ready to come out? Let's end this talking about Nike the last couple of minutes. Is Nike coming? Because we are now in July, and the concert is, because we're seeing it's a Trilogy tour. This is who we're seeing. You say it's true. Okay. So I'm expecting it might going to be happening in the next month. A week or two. Three weeks. Like, you know, I ain't hearing the traditional run. Like, you know, when people get ready to put out an album, like, you know, but nowadays y'all be dropping out. They be dropping surprise out. I don't even think they care about putting out music no more as much because I think they, you know, they figure nobody's buying or whatever. But really, like, if we don't have a college of trilogy tour, I'm expecting like. So I'm expecting when I go, I'm not saying, am I going to see a different show? I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to see a different show. <laughs> so I heard one of my Maxwell people told me that you're going to see a different show. Uh, I think I'm going to see a different show. I, I'm hoping I do. Like, like I'm hoping I see a different show. Maxwell, I'm hoping I'm seeing a different show in Vegas when we got the trilogy to it. Is that what I'm going to see a different show? Like, warn me now so I can prepare to, to, to be 
you know, having a certain type of expectation. So if night ain't out here, because I'm, I'm going to roast you if night's not out. It's, I'm just I'm giving that warning ahead of time. The roasting will begin. If I go to the trilogy tour, now I'm a fan, but I tell the truth. Okay? I, that's my favorite thing, but I will tell the truth. If night is not out in these streets, by the time that I hit, I hit sit down in my feet and bathe, I'm going to talk shit. I'm going to just say, I don't care how good the concert, I don't care how fine you look. I, I don't care if that smile coming out bright and shiny, whatever you're doing, I'm not here. I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready to roast, okay? No night tour, no night album. I'm going to be talking shit. Okay? I'm going to let y'all know that ahead of time. Watch, watch. Y'all don't believe me. It's true. Y'all know I will, okay? I'm saying that night album better be out. I'm, I'm now, I'm, I'm, I'm to my, I know I'm putting pressure. Yes, I'm putting pressure. It's seven years. Shit. You call it the trilogy tour. I'm expecting to see night again. I'm not playing around these streets, okay? So we're going to leave <laughs> with, out with Maxwell Ascension. You guys are about the end of the show. Remember, I'm going to I'm gonna try to do a second one uh, coming up this week. Okay, guys? I'm out. Y'all have a good rest of y'all. Start of y'all week. I will see y'all. Bye. Remember, you can hit me up on Carlotta Chatwood Facebook page, and you can hit me. That's where most of y'all hit me up at. You can also hit me up on Carly's underscore Galaxy on Instagram. Some of y'all there. And you can hit me up on C Chatwood Show and Carlotta72 on Twitter. And then I'm also on, what's that, Threads? Shit, I don't even post one thing. I don't really, I don't, you know, I don't know how I don't be knowing how to use this stuff. Just look up Carly's Galaxy. It's the same thing as Instagram. Okay, stop and say hi, shout out, whatever. 
Okay? So I'm on that. Okay, now, all right? So you guys, remember, I will see you guys uh, some, for part two this week. I, I know I got, I forgot to talk to y'all about Jamie Foxx, Jamie Foxx site. Oh my God, we gonna, we gonna talk about that. Hopefully I'm gonna do a show tomorrow. I'm gonna try to do a show like tomorrow or late, maybe another late night show. I'll try to come with one and we'll talk about Chad. We gonna talk about this Jamie Foxx fighting, okay? Cause Chad, is that Jamie? Is that Jamie? I don't know. I don't know if I believe it's Jamie. I put, I put it on pause and I was like, he looks a little different around the mouth area. I don't know if it's really Jamie. I'm, I don't know. I don't know. So we're going to talk about that and a whole lot more, y'all. Try We're going to try to have that second show sometime this week. You know, no promises, but I'm going to try my best, all right? So you guys, thank you for hanging out with me. I'm out. Have a wonderful night. I will see y'all. Hopefully y'all hear from me this week, all right? I'm out. See ya.